0: This is Free Talk Live. It is the Monday edition. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 1-800-259-9231 is the packet 8 toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. As always, whatever's on your mind goes here on Free Talk Live. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features and functions you'll find there are completely free. By the way, it is the Thanksgiving week, uh, um, I guess, series of shows. That doesn't mean too much beyond the fact that we are going to be live on Thanksgiving Eve, oh, Thanksgiving God. Day, the following day after Friday, as well as, of course, our live Saturday show. So, <laughs> jeez free talk live schedule remains unchanged, yeah. unlike all those other radio talk show hosts who want to go home to their family, <laughs> like me, take time off, <laughs> like me, <laughs> We're going to be here bringing you live programming, and uh, big thanks going out to Tim over there at uh, the, uh, the Genesis Communications Network. He's coming in on Thanksgiving to uh, to run our show on the network side, which is just awesome Yes, it uh, is. on his part.
1: You know, and I, it's not like I can get uh, somebody to stand in for me on uh, the holidays, because those are the one days that uh, co-hosts are definitely going to want to be with their families, you know? So
0: I just want to make it clear to anybody tuning in the beginning of the week, don't tune out. Just because it's Thanksgiving, we're going to be here live.
1: Most yeah, a, show. A, a lot of radio talk show hosts are probably just going to take the whole week off. Sure, they are. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I I was listening to Rush Limbaugh today, and and I'm. It was his. Uh, it was his. He's live, already got the fillings. No, no, it was his live arrogant self today. Oh, okay. And uh, I suspect it will be tomorrow too, um, from what he said. But right. Ugh. God, that thing's torture to listen to.
0: So the, my reason, of course, is that uh, I like doing this show, and time off for me is just downtime. So let's do a program. Let's bring some people some live content. So expect live shows all throughout the week. And, of course, since we are going to be live, that means we're going to be live on Friday, which is, of course, Black Friday, one of my favorite days of the year. Right. When so every- are we going to go
1: um, out and maybe you know take the little MP3 player with us, <laughs> record some uh Have we ever action? done anything like that? No, thank God, because I'm not getting up at... <laughs> 4 a.m. on Christmas Eve, or what is it? It's Black Friday, yeah. Th- Thanksgiving Day. The day after
0: Thanksgiving, right? Right, the day after Thanksgiving. Right. That's when everybody goes crazy. The sales are, are uh, there. there's all kinds of loss leaders, businesses, uh, t- retailers taking losses on certain items in order to get people through the doors, do their Christmas shopping, and uh, people go crazy and love to talk about just the insanity of Black Friday. So all that coming up here this week, but lots to talk about tonight, including some updates In fact, we're going to start things out with an update from Lauren
1: Canario. Now, Mark. Who is she? Yeah, well, who is Lauren Canario, first of all? Well, she's uh, this gal that um, decided to protest the um, Fort Trumbull um, Kilo versus. uh, What is it, Kilo versus versus New London? New London um, case. She decided to protest on the front steps of one of these houses that uh, the city of New London was taking away from people in order to give to Pfizer, um, which is, from what I can tell, unconstitutional. But, you know, I'm just an American citizen, and the uh, United States Supreme Court decided otherwise. She did have permission from the homeowner to Mm -hmm. actually be
0: on that property. So it wasn't like she was an uninvited guest. Uh, of course, the city believes it owns the property, even though they, they haven't actually, I guess, completed the, the process of transacting the house from the current owner to the city. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of, I guess, in limbo at at that point in time. Anyway, the well, police came by and arrested
1: it. Decide, decide to build what you want on your property or decide to uh, sell it to whomever you want or decide to do – really um, decide not to pay your taxes on your property and yeah. see whether the city considers your property Yours be theirs. Yours or not, yeah. So they don't.
0: So she was arrested, she was thrown in jail, and um she's now sitting there because she initially was not cooperating at all. Uh she was not giving fingerprints, she was not answering questions for the most part, and they didn't like that. No, I so mean they didn't they subjected her to a psychiatric evaluation, which of course she passed. Um, but then the judge was that
1: 40, 40 something days. Um, into it was a while. And yeah. then,
0: then they had this hearing. They had this arraignment or something like that where the judge basically tricked all of the people that went there in order to show support for Lauren to show up in the courtroom. The the bureaucrats tricked us into thinking it was going to be later on when it was actually earlier. And they brought her in. And so nobody was there. And anyway, she's now been, um, I guess, there there. this isn't really a sentence. It's just that she's sitting in jail waiting for her trial. And her trial isn't expected to happen for eight months to a year. <laughs> and, and All they call, of this
1: for sitting on the front porch. They call that a speedy trial in Connecticut, apparently. That's right.
0: That's right. Um, so I just want to give you an update from Lauren. She's actually, uh, there have been periodically letters coming out that have been posted at nhfree.com uh, from her, from jail. And so just to kind of give you an idea as to what's going on on the inside, here's her latest uh, letter. Hi, Cat. She writes to to Cat Canning, who is uh, the person who writes her the most letters. She's one of the activists here in New Hampshire. I owe you eleven big hugs for the eleven letters I've received from you so far. I received mail for the first um, mail for the first time on my tenth day here at York. Uh, she's at York uh, York Correctional Institution in Connecticut.
1: Now, why? It's my understanding that sounds like a prison. It's my understanding you don't send unconvicted people to prison. You put them in jail. Um, not yeah. Not that prison and jail are. Uh, differentiated by a great deal. I don't have
0: an ex- explanation for you. That's okay. where she is. She's in a correctional institution. Okay. Uh, she says, It was the Keene Free Press and a letter from you. I left the KFP out on the tables in the recreation area. I recently, or I received most recently, a notice saying the Keen Free Press was sent to me, but the prison censors sent it back because it was a unauthorized publication, and the school principal, I think she, that's what she calls the warden, basically. Yeah, school principal. And the school principal had to authorize all subscriptions. I'm very uh angry for, uh or, or thank you for so many grateful and uh, for so many grateful letters and photos here in solitary confinement as the days don't seem 75 hours long when you have something to look at so that means she likes getting letters so therefore those of you that uh want to contact Lauren even if you've never met Lauren she would appreciate hearing from you Um, And the details uh, to contact her are available at nhfree.com. There's a link there on the front page to action items, things that you can do uh, to help support Lauren. Because I can only imagine how boring it is to sit in a cell all day long. I, I, I can
1: hardly imagine. She doesn't get out for anything, right?
0: No, uh, well, apparently she does, which is okay. one of part of the reasons why I wanted to read this uh, this letter. Okay, uh, because she apparently has been uh, getting out. Maybe she's been more cooperative. I don't know what the, has transpired here to allow Seems that. Seems unlikely. Uh, but she goes on to say, "I'm sorry I couldn't respond until today. I finally was able to steal a pencil." And then uh, this is her next letter from the 9th of November. Thanks for all the good photos and reading material. They're great. Uh, I got the Keen Free Press. The full-size ones are being censored. I'm trying to persuade the school principal to put it on the approved list. Bureaucracy. Uh, I I got out of... You have to excuse me. This kind of jumbled a little bit. It's hard to read. It's a scan. I got out of seg today. My penalty for... Fla- segregation? Segregation. Okay. My penalty for flagrant disobedience of the direct order, a.k.a. refusing to comply with a strip search of 15 days is over. Now I'm in the general population. I've one roommate, and after my confined to quarters penalty of 10 days is over, I'll be able to watch television or walk around, make phone calls to, and eat at the ch- uh, make phone calls and eat at the chow hall. When my 90-day penalty of loss of commission, uh, loss of commissary, rather, is over, in February, I'll be able to buy coffee or candy uh, or a pen or eraser. I also got my possessions back and can send that letter that I wrote before I was locked down. Wish I could read the forum. I'm wondering what the free staters are up to around the state and nation and world. Every night at seven I sigh in disappointment that I can't hear free talk live. Man we, We're sighing that same way, Lauren. <laughs> man, I have a lot to catch up on when I'm free again. See you then from Lauren. So it sounds like um, there was there was an incident, and I think we talked about it here or somebody reported on it, that she encouraged a bunch of other prisoners to refuse to a mandatory a so called mandatory strip search. And I guess that um, because so many other prisoners had also refused to said strip search, The the I guess the bureaucrat guard that was supposed to be doing said strip search uh, refused to do or didn't do it because they would have to fill out too much paperwork or something uh-huh. like that. She managed to essentially throw a wrench into this so-called mandatory strip search, and it didn't happen. So as a result, they punished her by throwing, into, uh, throwing her into seg, segregation as they call it. Can't be fun there. So there's the latest for you uh, from Lauren Canario. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Let's talk to Gil in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Howdy. Hey, Gil. What's on your mind?
2: How y'all doing? Free Talk Live, right? Indeed, sir. sir.
0: Like, like... (laughs) This is fun Uh, stuff. Gil, what's on your mind? I'm sorry?
2: We're talking about freedom of speech, right?
0: Well, you know, this is Free Talk Live, and the idea is you can call in and talk about whatever you want. So what you want to talk about... What now?
2: What's the active play? Kramer. Michael or
0: something. Michael Richards. He's in the news today. In fact, to I'm sure you've got the story. So hang question, on. Okay? We're going to come back to you, Gil. Be patient. We'll be right back. 800 9231 Your calls about whatever's on your mind. We got more updates on the way here tonight, including an update on the V for Vendetta style protest that happened in Washington D.C. last week. It's all on the way. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll-free, 800-259-9231, and you get to bring up whatever you want. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And, of course, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are there, totally free. Bulletin board system included. 140,000 posts await you. Although, actually, if you try to go right now to the BBS, it's not going to work. Yeah, we why had isn't a, the BBS working? We had a uh, server crash on the overnight, hmm. and it was bad news. Apparently, the hard drive took a dump, had to get swapped out, replaced, and we're sort of... Torgo is uh, our IT guru is busily working on restoring all of the Free Talk Live functions. So when it's working, which should be within the next 24 hours, the bulletin board system is a lot of fun at bbs.freetalklive.com. So be sure you visit it. It may or may not be working as we speak. But again, then again, you may be listening on live. So anyway, give it a shot when you get a chance. All right, so Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project's first 1,000 pledge. And by the way, time is ticking away on the first 1,000 pledge. In fact, Mark, I was making some calls over the weekend to some Free State Project members. And basically what's going on is there's uh, Free State Project members around the country that have been making phone calls to other Free State Project members, essentially saying, hey, um, will you sign the first 1,000 pledge to those who have not signed quite yet? And i got to say I was having a really good response. Uh, of the five people that I spoke with on the first list that I called, four out of the five went ahead and said they would sign up. Wow. In fact, Not only did they say they would sign up, but that we could sign up for them. So that way they can't just forget and not sign up. So hopefully, maybe we will be able to pull this off. Maybe by the end of this year, Mark, we'll be able to find 1,000 people or 400 more because we've already got over 580 signatures, 400 more people to sign and say, yes, I will move. To new hampshire as part of the free state project by the end of 2008 it could happen. Give me some of those numbers i'll call them well okay i can get you a, i can definitely do that then well if uh,
1: it's working like that i mean if you're having that kind of luck
0: yeah well i mean they're for pre-qualified prospects they're already members of the free state project they've already agreed to move within the next two years i guess those are the people they're having us call oh I and see. so we're just basically trying to get them to say yeah i'll sign that pledge anyway so head over to the freestateproject.org learn more about the first 1000 pledge or enjoy your shackles where you currently live uh, let's go back to the phones, back to Gill in Texas. You're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark.
2: Yeah, I wanted to comment on Michael Richards' statement to the heckler. Yeah. I'm a man of color. Okay. And I love Michael Richards.
0: Well, okay. Now, t- now today, <laughs> let's recap what happened here. This is, I guess, You're pretty big right news. Ahead. Tell what, everybody. Well, as, as I understood it, there. in fact, I saw the clip from the Laugh Factory, I guess mm. it was. He was on stage, and I, I guess a few people in the audience were heckling, which is what happens at comedy shows from right. time to time. And Michael Richards just absolutely lost his cool. <laughs> he went and
3: the <laughs> he
0: started throwing out the N word all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> and people got up and walked out as they oh, should what have. A
3: shame. what is
2: it? I think it's a dark day in America when uh, entertainers and comedians have to go back and take back what they say. Look, 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 let me let me make this point. In Hollywood, there's this one hard fast rule, and that rule is if you ain't doing something stellar, then go out and screw up. <laughs> OK, mm. as long as they don't stop talking about you,
1: man, this is a big it screw up, though, everybody.
2: It doesn't work for Michael Jackson. It didn't work for a lot of people. OK, but I, I think I remember Roseanne Barr screwing up the national anthem. or, right. or Rosie and it made her famous.
1: It so certainly didn't a- hurt, man. I can't I-, I can't imagine, though, the the, the N-bomb bounce is back a from a big this? one.
0: Yeah, you think he can bounce bounce back from this? I mean, he wasn't just...
2: I don't think he should apologize. I mean, I saw his apology part of it. He's going to be on a, a Late Night with David Letterman with Seinfeld tonight. Really? Apologizing. Mm-hmm. And it just broke me up even further. I mean, you get what you take at a comedy show. I yeah. mean, Don Rickles has this knack for this real, obtrusive, nasty humor. I work at a radio station. You said a, a strong one will come and blow the, the uh, airwaves off that little 1,000-watt one, 1, station. It just blew me <laughs> up. Mm-hmm. But, so, you know, it made me laugh even watching him. And, and again, I'm a man of color. I sit there, seriously apologizing. I just hit the floor
0: crying. I said, yeah, doesn't me. it seem a little uh, disingenuous when these uh, celebrities come out and say, like Mel Gibson with his uh, anti-Jewish tirade after when he was drunk, Oh, I didn't really mean it. I was just yeah. drunk. Uh, I didn't yeah, really mean it. Yeah, you did mean it. You did mean I it. I go
2: back to my hard ass rule about Hollywood. If you're not doing something stellar, do something absolutely stupid and get the attention on you.
0: Yeah, he, well he and did they, it was they, really stupid.
2: Attention, attention or not, you can't lose if they're still talking about
0: you. I guess, I although I've have lost have I've <laughs> lost my respect. I mean, whatever respect level I had for that guy is it's done. It's it's done. You talking I mean, about Michael Richards? Yeah, Michael Richards. What no, an really embarrassment. I, I think
2: I think we're a little too thin skinned folks. I mean, it's gonna be a sad day when comedians can't, you know I mean he he he's human yeah, I mean you're not Jewish, are you?
1: No. no, I'm not. I...
2: Well, I mean, he's a joking Jew boy, and it's okay with me.
1: Is he Is he Jewish? <laughs> I, I didn't expect, know that he was. I, I, I was trying to figure I, that I, part I out. I
2: expect, you know, maybe some Don Rickles humor for somebody, you know, if they get upset, you know. You got upset, you, you have a right to. I mean, if we stop taking – if we start making borders on what uh, entertainers and, and comedians and everybody has to say – then we're going to lose the total effect of
3: what makes this
0: country so Oh, I agree with you. Free speech is certainly important, but what he was doing uh, was despicable. I mean, he wasn't trying to be funny at all. He was just being mean. And, And if I was in charge of that club... He would have been booted right off the stage, not because I don't support free speech, but because I don't want my patrons to walk out and get angry. Right, I'm offended, you know. I, I
3: had to
2: been there. I guess is what you're all saying.
0: You should you should go and look at the uh, the clip. If you, I think it's still on Drudge right now, DrudgeReport.com. If not, you can find it on YouTube. I'm yeah, it's sure. a
2: shame. I really liked Michael Richards up to this point, but y'all guys are convincing me he did a bad, bad thing. He was. <laughs> it was
0: pretty. It was pretty despicable. Um, uh, well, and, and you can tell by the fact that uh, an audience of you know full of probably a variety of colored people. Um, and, you know, um, different people walked out. They yeah. they started
4: getting you know, up and walking out. Is, a lot
2: of the sitcoms are not geared to, if you will, people of color. But I don't care for the Kelsey Grammer shows. They they look like they're, they're remakes of other shows I've seen. You know, Girlfriends and these other shows Kelsey Grammer produces. It, it's, it, the black comedy is just too, I don't know, it's a sing-song to me. I'd much <laughs> rather watch some white comedy.
0: Uh, I can't even comment on sitcoms today. I don't watch television yeah, at all.
2: I, I don't bro, Guys, I'm going to hang up and listen, and hey, thanks Gil, for having me. Gil, quick question before you go. On. Before
0: you go, which station do you say you say work for a radio station? I had
2: worked for a radio oh, station. Oh, you did, okay. K-O-L-A. K-O-L-E. K-O-L-E. <laughs> the auto goes Hispanic. They got the perfect call letters.
0: You definitely have uh, that sort of radio sound. You're very confident. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it, yeah. Gil. Take it easy.
1: 800-259-9231. Yeah, I don't think it's a freedom of speech issue. Not it's at just all. really tacky, really tacky. I think that Michael Richards should be able to get up and say whatever he wants in his show. But if he drops the N-bomb, like, three times in the show... Yeah, he was screaming it. Uh, you know, and, and for some reason, I can handle a black guy saying the N-word. I don't like it, and I think that a lot of people have been uh, hurt, a lot well, of people that's like have Sasha. That, that's like Borat, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, who is Jewish, making fun of Jews. He can get away with it. Right. Um whereas you know in if you 're if you 're not black and you say the n word makes me cringe oh, my I 't like it 's not it 's not good, and he said it was such vitriol i mean it was just in right. such a hate, he wasn 't hateful it, manner now i 'm not calling that hate speech because it 's not hate speech, and i don 't think that necessarily saying the n word makes one a racist, but i don 't think it makes you a racist, but it
0: certainly betrays it's an indicator. It, yeah, it certainly betrays you know the way you think. And maybe the way you were raised, and maybe you know, maybe you're somebody who was raised by racist parents. You just mm-hmm. haven't quite gotten it
1: out of your head yet. It nonetheless does betray some thought process. And the other thing, the other issue is a lot of comedians get a little uh, lubed up for a show. You know, whether they, uh, you know, drink, drink or smoke, whatever, you know, whatever it is, whatever uh, manner that they uh, get a little uh, lubed up. Well, you know, that's not the best time to judge somebody's, um, you know, actions. He could have just, you know, been You should watch the clip. Oh, I, I it's did. It's bad. You did? I know. Okay. All right. We're coming back with more Free Talk
0: Live, 800-259-9231. Did you think Michael Richards uh, was out of line? How did you, t- if you saw the clip, how would you feel about it? It's Free Talk Live. Take control. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You bring up whatever you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net. Toll free lines. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are for free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. We've got dozens of ladies that have sent us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. And you can see what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. And, of course, uh, always accepting new submissions for the Shrine from any of you ladies who would like to be added. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com, providing the website is up and running, and parts of the site are currently active, so that may be functional. All right, so back to the phones, back to the fun. Let's go to Brent in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Brent. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind?
5: Well, I want to talk to you about hurtful language and why it's hurtful. Um, Sure. It seems like you're kind of... Actually, I haven't seen the video clip you're talking about, and so, um, with respect to that, I'm not, uh, I guess educated on what I'm talking about, but I know that, you know, the reason that some words are so hurtful is because they're so taboo. You know, I think one of the kindest things you could do to somebody at, would be to pick out the most hurtful name that they could be called, and then call them that name in a non-hurtful way every single chance you get. If that makes sense, but if, if that's that a, if it's, it's a hurtful,
0: how how can you call somebody a name that's considered hurtful in a non-hurtful way? If there's somebody um, who's su- uh, subjected uh, is easily subjected to ha- to harm, you know, they feel harmed. Then you're going to you're going to bring them that feeling again.
5: You don't even you don't even have to uh, you don't even have to spread, you can tell them you can say, look, I'm going to call you. I don't, you know you can think of any hurt, number of hurtful names, and frankly, I don't know what the rules are. Or words on the show, but you know, I'm going to call you this to desensitize you to it, and that way nobody will be able to hurt you with it anymore. But
0: but that but that word you know makes I mean? me feel bad. The N word, which is the word in question here, Michael Richards using it on stage in a very uh, vitriolic fashion in yeah. uh, a recent comedy show. And that makes me, as a white person, feel bad because I know all of the negativity that's attached to that word. Just like I don't like um, being called an anarchist. I mean, there's negativity that's been attached to that word. I don't want to hear that word. It's not. It doesn't describe uh, who I am, uh, no, considering what popular culture has done to it.
5: That's, that, that is true, but imagine if, uh, I don't know, for the next week, every single time that somebody on CNN, MSNBC... Uh, any of a number of t v stations wanted to refer to a person of African American descent they used that word instead till so it had i mean if you i bet if they did that for a week on every station yeah it's an it would absurd
0: suggest what you're suggesting, I understand. Actual... Wait, now Brent I understand the basis of what you're saying you're saying it's just a word it's made up of letters and we can desensitize people from it okay exactly. I see where you're coming from but your suggestions are absolutely absurd the idea that no. somebody would get on CNN and do something and like that you would have I to get
5: somebody wouldn't but I say I'm saying imagine if they did it would it would lose its impact and so I, I disagree that, it wouldn't yeah. lose
1: its impact and the it would anger is, people the problem is, is um, getting the the movement started as it were. Is there's so much um, animosity towards the word that you couldn't get really this movement of yours started? Where you would, uh,
5: Uh, well, you'd be, for instance, uh, when I was when I was in college, I made it my proclaimed and a lot of people knew about it um, goal to desensitize. I was a music student, uh, the music department to the c word.
0: Oh my! My The the see you next Tuesday.
5: Yeah, and frankly, it worked pretty well. I was gone. It it wasn't really, you know, and that was just kind of my little experiment, frankly.
0: You wait, uh, wait, you who did you call the c word?
5: Anybody and everybody. If you do it enough, and the funny thing is, people hear it enough and they start using it themselves without <laughs> even thinking about it. Like you don't yeah, have to funny. like wear a <laughs> sign. You don't even have to post. You know, do anything.
0: It just. It's, it's, I don't know if it's, it's worth. Uh, I don't know if what you're talking about is worth doing. I mean, these words have, cer- have a certain purpose in life, yeah. and uh, you certainly couldn't, as Mark's saying, you couldn't make it widespread enough to, to really be effective, yeah. and okay. you're just going to be looked at as a, a weirdo who's saying the C-word uh, word an awful lot.
5: Well, think about, for instance, um, I don't know what, what words like, I said, I don't know what the rules are, but the B-word. The, the B you can uh-huh. say that on TV now. You couldn't say that on TV five, ten years ago. You know, I don't because know about that. It's, it's just a matter of
1: being. You couldn't sensitized. say it 25 years 25 ago. 25 years ago, sure. Well, so he's making, okay. he has a valid point, whether.
5: But I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just a matter of it being useful. And yeah. I, the reason I think it's, it is worth it and it's kind of important is, uh, words like that don't really mean anything. Like the N word, it, it has history and, and bigotry mm-hmm. and a certain connotation attached to it, but when you boil it down, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't it doesn't actually point out any like if you want to insult somebody and you can just call them an a hole, you know, rather than figuring out what it is about that person that bothers you and expressing that, you know, it kind of I think it if if you rendered those words less hurtful and then they would be shown as the basically meaningless words that they are.
0: I see and, what you're and saying. It would promote and,
5: more meaningful conversation.
0: Yep, yeah, I understand and and uh, and totally agree with the concepts you're presenting. I just don't think it's uh you know it's a flag. I want to run up the flagpole. It's certainly not a fight that that I'm interested in being involved in. It doesn't seem to really have any sort of. Real point beyond beyond just helping that one
1: word. I say just forget that one word and move on with your life. Yeah, I'm I'm mortified by hearing the word, and um, certainly you're not going to get me to play ball in that arena. I bet if
5: you heard, I bet if you heard it. Ten times a day for the
1: next week, you would no longer be. I would turn off. I'm telling you, (laughs) you have no idea. Some of the places I've worked, I have heard it (laughs) ten times
0: a day for a week. Yeah, and I would turn it off if I was listening to a program that was just uttering that that word over and over again. I wouldn't want to listen. And Brent, thank you for the call. We appreciate the suggestion. I see where he's coming from. It just doesn't seem practical. And as far as the B word um, entering into colloquial uh, speech, I think that that just has a you know that's not something that was thought up. You know, Nobody said, okay, we need to make it so the, the B word can be said on television, and we need to do it by saying it more often. Nobody made a concerted effort to um, expose that particular word. There was no effort behind exposing
1: the B word. I would have it to just agree. I mean, it just happened. People just started using it. That's right. all. It just became popular, and, and and people started using it. That's all. Right. all. Uh, let's talk to John in New Hampshire. You're on Free
0: Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, John. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind?
2: Yeah, I called about the average age of the uh, Free State Project members and the uh, first 1,000 pledgers. But before I get into that, uh, you opened the show with a story about Lauren Canario Mm
6: -hmm. and uh, her
2: letter. And it seems to me that in there, there's a little bit where she said something about pictures. and It's hard to find the right words to say to a woman in prison. Uh, Her husband... Described it to me yesterday, actually two days ago. It's kind of like talking to a wall. It's hard to find the right words. Lauren mentioned in that letter something about pictures. I recommend to folks who are going to send a letter to Lauren, send it on a postcard. Find a nice picture. Uh, The bureaucrats can read along the way. Don't be afraid. You have to have your um, return address on there. Remember that. Any anybody in the audience who wants to communicate with Lauren in the prison, remember to put your return address.
0: Thank you for that reminder. You'll be otherwise, rejected otherwise.
2: Otherwise, don't waste your time. Right. You'll be talking to yourself.
0: Okay. And and the, the point of the picture suggestion was what? Just to give her something to look at beyond just writing.
2: Yeah. I mean, she doesn't have much there. She's got right. she's got some walls. So I'm thinking, eh, yeah, postcard. How much better can it be? That's a great idea. It's hard to find the words. Just do a short note. Say, hello, we love you, peace be with you, whatever it might be. Nice picture for her to look at, and that's the thing.
0: Absolutely. The point of my call was on the
2: age of the uh, Free State Project uh, people who are signing up Mm -hmm. or uh, first 1,000 pledge. Yes. I don't know. I don't know the statistics. But we sat around there uh, this weekend on Saturday night – there were media showers, and I sat with Lauren's husband, Jim. Mm-hmm. And we watched the early version of the media showers, and as we, you know, the work crew left. Right. And, and, and by the way, that's that that's a big part of the fun, folks. It's not all political. It's uh, actually meeting wonderful people and helping one another out.
0: Yeah, it's just amazing the uh, the amount of people that have gone out to Lauren's husbands, uh, Lauren and her husband's house, their property. There's, a, there's this whole construction project that's essentially being manned by Free State Project members mm-hmm. uh, on the volunteer time. I know you've been out there a, more than a handful of times, yeah, Mark. I really enjoy it.
2: Voluntary thing. It's just, it's just people who love one another. It's, it's great people. Now, anyway, and a great
0: company, too. And you're going to point out something about the moving age or the, the population. And I want to get to you, but if you'll hang on, we'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. And I do know the statistics of the Free State Project membership. It's mostly... Young adults, people in their you know early 30s, late 20s. More coming back. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control, toll-free. 259 is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. Bring up what you want. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all of the features are completely free. That is freetalklive.com. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show by voting for us, though. If you like the fact that we give away the, the website unlike those other radio talk shows that want to charge you for it. If you like that, then head over to vote.freetalklive.com. Cast your vote for the show. It takes you less than a minute. And if you've yet to do it in the month of November, we we really need yeah. you to... Uh, we like, got to push on here, people. Norm- this is a
1: vote-a-thon.
0: Well, normally in the last week of the month, I sort of let the voting thing slide. Because normally by this time we are uh, 300 or so or more votes behind the number one slot. Now, I checked it out last night. We're
1: within 50 votes, right, of becoming the number one show, abso- the number one
0: podcast in the world.
1: Absolutely striking distance, but there's been some, you know, there's been some changes. Um, Harry Potter's running his way up the the ladder, and we need help all there is to it.
0: Exactly. So it takes you less than a minute. Head on over to vote.freetalklive.com. And if you've got some friends or somebody you could actually encourage to vote as well, that would be uh, helpful. So great way to help support the show. Uh, We're going back to John in New Hampshire. You're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Now, John, you were going to comment, I guess, on the demographic makeup of Free State Project membership.
2: Yeah, and I don't know what that is because I'm not not really a, a geeky guy that follows the statistics and all that stuff. Um, I'm a member. I moved up here uh, early on, very early on. I'm not even a member of the uh, first 1,000 yet because I wanted to leave room for all the others. Right. And I will sign up before the end unless there's such a push that I can't fit in and have my name on the
3: list. I'd
0: be
2: so happy not to have that. I'm already here.
0: So I can give you. I mean, I can basically give you the information from what I understand it. It's mostly people mid twenties to mid thirties. That's I think where the core group is. Um, but that doesn't mean that there aren't people in their fifties and sixties that are also on board, and sure. yeah, people younger than that as well. In fact, people from all over the world have signed up for the Free State Project. So it's not even a United States thing, um, though that is where obviously the core group is what, as well. What
2: what caused me to think about it the other night? We we watched the uh, whatever that's called the media shower mm-hmm. thing, and we sat around the. What was you know kind of a small bonfire thing over at Lauren and Jim's place. Yes, and we stayed up till the late hours and into the morning. And you know, as it got later and most of the people were gone, we got you know doing to get too philosophical or whatever. But Jim was mentioning that you know he's about fifty, maybe fifty one. I'm a little bit short of that, uh, but he was mentioning that we're kind of old by Free State. And, uh, Free State Project Standard mm-hmm. and I thought Geez, that, that's kind of weird because I know people much older than I am who all their life have been talking about what they would do and what they would move to and how they would do it and promises to themselves they're not doing it and I guess yeah, those, right. wh- why I wanted to talk to your audience tonight don't wait for us old people there's some of us here Guess what, you young people, you can come here, have fun, make history, come home to New Hampshire. We're having a blast. I think it's a
0: good message, you know, John. But, to, but to be people, fair, maybe. it's now. Wait a minute. Old
2: people, you know, yeah. we're yeah. We know how to build a little bit of house, and I'm learning about that and all that. It, it doesn't matter. The the people is what's happening. Some some folks are really focusing on the political thing, and that and that's really that's pretty cool. They're doing what they're doing. Well, that,
0: that's the cool thing about the whole movement is that people get to do what they want. So if you want to do politics, come here and do politics. If you want to do uh, civil disobedience, come here and do civil disobedience. So I would like to, to make, make clear that it's not a young person's movement at all. I mean, if you are you know, up in age, up in the you know, the years, you, your time's still not up, and that doesn't well, mean just because you're old yeah. doesn't mean yeah. that you should stay yeah, where that's... you're currently at and be complacent with tyranny. I absolutely encourage everybody who's ever wanted a shot at
1: liberty in their lifetime right. to get I up mean, here in Anybody, anybody of any age can uh, fight in the Second American Revolution.
2: Ian, that, Ian and Mark, that's kind of what I'm saying. All, all you old folks, my age, you know, if you can call it 50 old, I never thought of it old. Old by FSP standards, mm-hmm. uh, but come on now. We're 50 years old. We're young men. We're working. We're, we're helping our friends. We're doing it. We're having a whole lot of fun, by Excellent. the way.
0: Well done, and, John. But
2: My point is to the young people. Don't you know? If you're waiting for a bunch of old people to do this, remember the old saying: Don't trust anyone over thirty-five. Just do it. <laughs> Thanks man. for the call. We Move appreciate
0: in. it, John. Appreciate Come it. Very, uh, very inspirational. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the packet eight toll free line, and uh, it's it's a movement for anybody who cares about freedom, for anybody that that really wants to uh, to step up and do something about the despicable. Anti-liberty state that this country is in today. It doesn't matter. I understand that you know when you get up, and, and the reason why the Free State Project is mostly made up of people in their you know mid 20s to mid 30s is because those are the people that don't have as many roots. You know, those are the people that don't have as many uh, strings attached to their life. It's easier for them to move. So I can understand the discrepancy there. But at the same time, just because you've got family in one place in the country, just because you have a job or a business there, shouldn't, I mean, if you care enough about liberty, that shouldn't be those factors that hold you back. They may be something to give you you pause for thought, but if you really do love freedom, and you really do want to uh, have a real shot at having freedom again sometime while you're still alive... The Free State project's the only answer, and especially if you've got kids. I mean, especially if you've got kids and you're, you know, in your 50s or 60s, and you've got uh, kids maybe in their early 20s or, or younger than that, perhaps grandchildren even. Don't you want to give them an opportunity to live in freedom? I mean, wouldn't that be the number one reason for you to pick up your life and move up as part of the Free State Project because of your kids? Just a
1: suggestion. Let's go. You know, I was thinking about I was thinking about the moving um, and the first 1000 uh, program in regards to New Hampshire. Now, New Hampshire's the only state I know of. And I I don't know the voting laws in every state, but it's the only and this isn't what the Free State Project's about. But it's kind of interesting. You can move to New Hampshire by simply having a P.O. box. You could vote um, in New Hampshire by having a P.O. box because it's the only state that you're allowed that I know of that you're allowed to uh, vote from a. You know, a PO box is your address. Yeah, they didn't let I me do. do that. What do you mean in they Florida?
0: Didn't, no, they didn't let me in in
1: New Hampshire. What do you mean? I tried to register with my mailbox, and they didn't they didn't let me do it. Well, they're mistaken. Okay. I mean, you know, th- th- there's little old ladies that don't know the laws that right. are, um, you know, in charge there. But I've read the laws. Well, I and wouldn't in fact, encourage again,
0: I wouldn't encourage any vote fraud. I mean, you're talking that's about not people vote fraud. Who, well, they want you to live here for six months out of the year, though. I mean, you can't just live across the country and say you live in New Hampshire. I, I don't know if I, I don't would encourage know. something like that, Mark. You could
1: only vote in one place. Yeah, that's not vote fraud.
0: I see. So if you aren't voting in the place where you live and you are voting in New Hampshire, then that's not vote fraud, is what you're saying?
1: I, it would seem to me that um, you know that you're allowed to use a PO box in New Hampshire as, a, as an address. And you're I'd, saying to do that what um, before you move up is that the idea? I think it's a good idea to get uh, established for one. I mean, just to have you know, get a you know, get an address here mm-hmm. and get get some mail coming here. I wish I had done it um, you know when we first. Um, when we first paid for the, the P.O. Box, I wish I had a few things had going up here ahead of time. Okay. Well, you had a few months to get that
0: done. I so wasn't problem. doing it, though. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Bill in Virginia on the amplifier lines. You're on Free Talk Live with Dana Mark.
4: Hi. How are you doing? Hey, good. good. What's on your mind? Listening uh, through the Gimme, Gimme Liberty Bar on Second Life tonight. Excellent. Yes, it's uh, very interesting. At first, you know, just trying it out and seeing how it's going. I mean, it's working well.
0: Oh, so it's your first time in uh, Second Life, then?
4: Yes, absolutely. Ah, and it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of people there. You know, you get to meet people from all over the country, just like, you know, through the Free State Project, and, you know, you get to just meet people at random and let them know that things are going on. And
0: Yeah, it's neat. Their uh, their website is gimmeliberty.com, and that's where you can learn more about that and Second Life and how to get into the game. You do have to have a computer with, eh, I guess, relatively mid-range processing and graphics power, but it's not too... Um, it's not something that too many people, I guess, or too few people can get involved in. I think it's the the bar barrier for entry is fairly low for Second Life, as far as com, the yeah, computer. Any, world. Any,
4: anything that's relatively new ought to be able to run it.
0: Okay, so what's on your mind tonight, uh, Bill?
4: Well, you know, I, I I started off having you know just kind of a you know a crummy usual day, and uh, it got a little bit ever so slightly crummier because uh, I was discussing uh, you know some firearms rights with a guy who came into the shop. Uh, and we got, you know, to talking about concealed carry uh, permits and things like that. Mm-hmm. And there's a big push in order to get uh, concealed carry permits nationalized. So if you get one issued in your state, it becomes pretty much a de facto concealed carry permit throughout the entire United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made the comment that, you know, this would be a great first step in order to get rid of all the concealed carry permits because we already have a Second Amendment and we shouldn't need a permit to do anything. I agree. I agree. So then this other guy pipes up, uh, you know, that it's actually a good idea to have the permits because now we can regulate it. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And, you know, he didn't want, like, you know, people who were convicted felons running around with, you know, concealed weapon. You know,
1: I think that it, I, I, I understand why people react that way and they just do it at the, um, the the drop of a hat and they're not really thinking about it, but what if you get out of prison and you've you've done your time and you want to straighten up and shouldn't you be able well, to protect sure, yourself? There's
4: an even, even better point than that.
1: Well then hang on, we'll let you make it here in a moment,
0: Bill. 1-800-259-9231 Now remember, Bill works at a cop supply shop. <laughs> so the people he deals with all day are cops coming in to buy stuff, like handcuffs and Pepper spray and all that. More on the way. Hour number two is coming up. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's the Monday edition. Kicking off hour number two, Ian here with you. And Mark, you can take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want. And by the way, it is the Thanksgiving week uh, editions of the show here. We will be live uh, every day this week. So Thanksgiving Eve, Thanksgiving Day, Friday after, and the following Saturday, we're going to be live. So tune in every single night for fresh Free Talk Live content. As we go back to the phones, back to uh, the fun, to Bill in Virginia. Now, Bill, you work in a police supply shop. And yeah. uh, you're, you're going to have to pretty much recap your story here at this point. You got into a conversation with one of your customers who I presume was some sort of a law enforcement official or, or the officer. No,
4: I, I think he was like, you know, military or security or something like that. He was a sales rep who wanted to carry his gun with him and not freak out his customers.
0: I see. And you were talking about concealed weapons and how they're talking about maybe a reciprocal permit nationwide to where if you get a permit in one state, then all of the other states have to accept that permit. And I know that I don't think that's going to happen because states like New York don't want to see, you know, they don't want that. Um, Oh, I'm sure. Right. So it it would
4: completely undermine their authority.
0: Exactly. And so that kind of (laughs) um, spun off into, into, I guess, more conversation. Can you, I guess, give us the, the rest of the story?
4: Right, so there was there was this other guy shopping around, and you know he sort of jumped into the conversation, saying that you know the, it it would be uh, a bad idea to get rid of the concealed carry in favor of just exercising our right to you know carry weapons with us, because in this way you know there's some regulation to the process, and you know I didn't really know what he meant, so I kind of asked him, and mm-hmm. he said, well you know this keeps felons from carrying guns. Of course it doesn't, but <laughs> Right. Um, it keeps you know, only felons. I, I, I looked at him and "It keeps I said, only
1: felons that want to not break the law from carrying right, guns. Yeah, Yeah, there're
4: a lot of those. <laughs> um, um, I'm sure there's but I, lots of them. I looked at the them. guy and I said, you know, that's all well and good and that, you know, kind of garbage probably flew really well back when felonies were only like rape, robbery and murder, but the problem is in today's day and age where the government pretty con- pretty much controls everything. If I cross this invisible line that separates Virginia from Maryland, I am instantly a felon for you know carrying a concealed handgun, you know, with all of this hollow point ammunition. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what am I really doing wrong? Who am I committing a crime against? Because I went five feet over this invisible line, where five feet in the other direction I was completely legal. What did you know, he have to say to that? To- Well, you know, he said that, you know, I need to respect the state's laws. And I just looked him in the face and said, no, I don't. And then he looks at me and he goes, well, I'm a trooper. And I said, well, sorry about that. You know, uh, <laughs> you know and, and this, is one of those, well.
1: this is one of those yeah. guys that, you know, it's the law is the most important thing. It doesn't oh, matter oh, if it's yeah. a good law or right a bad or wrong, law. Right or wrong is not the question. Right. It's the he'd, law. Have thrown like, the, he'd have thrown if, the Jews in the oven yeah. if he was
4: told to. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, he's like, I'm a trooper. I'm like, so? <laughs> and, and I am not going to stand here and listen to you desecrate the laws <laughs> of a state. And I'm so like, get you're lost! An idiot! You're, you're not even talking about the the laws of our state. You're a Virginia state trooper, and you're talking about not respecting Maryland state law. You're a moron. <laughs> These people
0: worship. They worship the oh, law. They do.
4: I mean, the, just using the word desecrate meant that he is, you know, part of the church of the state. He is a true believer. Yep. And I got this guy so pissed that he just left. He stormed off. <laughs> Um, I don't know if your and, boss
0: is going to care for that, but yeah, I, I am proud of you. Uh, whatever.
4: You know what? They don't know and hurt them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that kind of got me hot, and, you know, I was kind of trying to calm down after that, but, you know, what what really made the day worthwhile was uh, this guy had called earlier on in the day and showed up because he wanted to pick up this little leather thing with a, a little clear window for his concealed carry permit. Okay. So, you know, I, I grabbed this thing and, you know, showed him how it worked, and, uh You know, he was there with his girlfriend, and they were like, oh, we're going up to New Hampshire. You know, do you know any of the the gun laws in New Hampshire? And I was like, well, you asked the right guy. (laughs) And so, you know, after a little bit of, you know, discussion, I was like, oh, what are you guys going up for? Do you know anything about the Free State Project? And they, like, both perked up immediately and said, no, what's that? Hmm. And so, you know, obviously I had to explain to them what was going on. And I keep a bunch of, you know, Free State flyers, you know, there in the store to hand out to people. And they seemed really excited. They were, you know, really happy to, you know, find out that, you know, such a program existed and, you know, that there were more people who were, you know, really excited about protecting our rights and working for that kind of thing. And so I think, you know, when they get back, they're probably going to be coming back to the store, talking more about it, and I'll get them plugged in.
0: Super. That's so, awesome. What a great story. Yeah, you and you
4: never know where you're going to meet these people, and so just try and make every effort just to kind of, like, slip in. Hey, do you know about the Free State Project? Yeah, and
0: good move having the uh, the brochures right there, Bill. I mean, that was a great move.
4: Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's the key. You've got you've got to have something to shove in their hands so that they can't just forget about it. Right. You know? Even if it, you just scribble it down on a piece of paper or something like that. Every little bit helps. Bill, you had so said um, you
1: had said previously that uh, you you had some other better reason why uh, uh, felons should in fact be able to carry weapons. Yes. Um, what was the uh, What was the other reason?
4: Well, well, the reason is because in today's day and age, all of these stupid little things are considered felonies. If I drive across a state line, I'm instantly considered a felon, even though I'm not doing anything different than I do every single day here in Virginia.
1: Right. So they, what uh, they,
4: crime am I committing? What ha- heinous act against an individual am I doing that constitutes a felony?
0: None, it's, it's and nothing, and that's why this—that's why the trooper couldn't answer you because uh, the, you're not offending anybody. You're just offending the state. You know this yes. entity that doesn't even really exist except in the minds of its followers.
4: Oh, absolutely. And there's there's a lot of people who really think that you know the state needs to be in control of everything, yep. and you know the cops need to have all this power. You know, I don't need to carry a handgun. And I just look at them and say, what are the cops actually doing except what I'm going to be doing myself by proxy?
0: You well, know? The cops don't even do anything. They they wait well, I mean, until you know, you know the I mean, action's over. if get
4: robbed or something, you know, the cops will probably show up if there's any way that I can alert them and yeah. they can get there in time. Well, but they'll show they up really when they're ready. When, when they get there, they're right. gonna pull out a gun and threaten the guy.
0: Yeah, right. Why well, except the problem. Well now, well, now, well, now the problem though is, while that may be what they'll do, they don't know who they're threatening and who they aren't. Like if they roll up on a scene and there's two people with guns out, then the guns, the cops pull their guns on anybody who's there. It'd be it's. Sure actually more efficacious more effective for you to actually uh, handle the situation on your own cuz you're there you know who the robber is you know who the uh the uh, the aggressor is they don't they're just r- arriving on a scene with a bare
1: bare minimum of information that's how people get hurt and
0: the wrong people get shot yeah
4: oh sure the
0: very
1: and, expectation and, you know, that they should be able to uh solve that problem is is silly
4: yeah, and they, they also know they have know, no idea what's going on. They have no idea how to respond. They right. don't know who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. And if and they, they screw up,
0: shoot. well, and if they screw up, then they don't get
4: punished. So I mean, it's the, oh, they never do. Yeah, right. they roll but up on a scene. An carries far more responsibility carrying a concealed weapon on their person than does a cop. Absolutely, because you and I both know that they are never going to get prosecuted for anything that they do and, in the course of duty.
0: And that and that must translate into their behavior as well. They must know on some subconscious level that they don't have to be as careful as they might normally have to be should they be out of uniform or not a cop. And that must translate into a more uh, slipshod behavior on their part. And that's not good oh, for yeah, anybody. These guys
4: are crazy. You know, I mean, <laughs> you should see some of the SWAT guys who come into the store. They're nuts.
0: What, when you say that, what do you mean?
4: I mean, they are just gung-ho to just, you know, grab all this equipment and kick in doors and point guns at people mm-hmm. and throw people behind bars. and but they they're, really right. They're, they're, they're right. They're right. They're just there to play the game.
1: <laughs> right. That's absolutely it. And I've, I've yep. met plenty of them. And so it I. doesn't matter. They're not thinking about, what, what am I doing what's right or what's wrong? They have oh, the force of law not. behind them, so they're right. They can do anything. Yeah, they're and, cloaked in righteousness. And because they're also adrenaline junkies. They also oh, love the rush. Yeah, they get pumped. Sure, I, I, I can't blame them for that, and I'm sure that that would, you know, that there would I be... I blame some... them for that. That's wrong. I mean, what would they're, doing, an to linear... people, oh, what they're well, doing to people is wrong. They're hurting people's lives. I'm talking about being an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> I see. Other ways <laughs> to get your... Uh thrills.
0: Bill, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you, as always. Yeah, let us know what happens with those uh, new prospects for the Free State Project. Definitely will. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That is the toll-free packet 8 number. Uh, Also, update here. This is like the night of updates. i got all kinds of updates tonight. People have been asking what happened on November 14th in Washington, D.C. when 100 people were expected to uh, converge in D.C. in V for Vendetta full costume and essentially go around expecting that some government bureaucrat to appear and speak to them to answer their petition for redress of grievances. Well, finally, the story has come out over the weekend. We're going to share it with you coming up. Um, it, it was pretty successful, apparently. Yeah, I want to hear about it. We'll get uh, get you the details coming up, your calls as well, about whatever's on your mind. If you make them, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. Toll free, 800 259 9231, and bring up whatever you want. That's the Packet 8 toll free line, 1 800 259 9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark? You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there, the archives included. You know, those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for access to their website um, and paying five, six, seven bucks a month for uh, for their archives. We give them away right there, front page of the website. At freetalklive.com, not only do we give away archives, but we give away an entire year worth of Free Talk Live. It's right there, front page, freetalklive.com. Enjoy for free. And register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Come and hear a speech by John Stossel entitled, Enemies of Liberty. The three-day event starting on February 23rd. Early bird discount ends on Thanksgiving. That's mere days away here. Yeah, it's really going to happen now. Um, so get registered now at freestateproject.org slash forum. And get more information, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. There's a buzz about this thing because I was calling uh, some Free State Project members last night. People have heard about it. They're interested in coming up to attend. Um, In fact, uh, Gardner Goldsmith and I were having a little chat. He does a radio show up here, uh, appears from time to time on our show. And uh, he came out to do um, a syndicated show this weekend. He was filling in for another uh, syndicated host from our studio, which was cool. And uh, he and I were talking about how you know this is going to be something else. I mean, John Stossel—that's a huge name—and plus you've got some other luminaries like Michael Badnark and others coming out there. And there's going to be—it's going to be convention style in that there's going to be breakout sessions. So you know, if you don't want to go to one session, there's going to be two concurrent sessions happening at the same time. Something is going to interest you um, that they're talking about at this at this event, and uh, I'm looking forward to being there. So, I'm interested already. There you go. Uh, freestateproject.org for more information. Now then, Washington, D.C. Last week, we reported that it, there was expected to be a protest uh, of a bunch of V's, as as in the character V, for v for Ven, from V for Vendetta, um, appearing in downtown Washington, D.C. for the purposes of petitioning for redress of grievances. Now, what they've done and what they've been doing, this is an or- organization called We the People, their website, givemeliberty.org. They, on November 6th, sent one guy, in v costume to um, various different locations, including the White House, Treasury Building, Department of Justice, and the Capitol, to deliver a letter and petitions for redress. Now, what they 're doing is they 're asking for a response Now, imagine this, Mark, can you believe this the uh, the arrogance of these people? Who do they think they are coming to Washington, D.C., asking bureaucrats to respond to simple
1: questions? Well, it's not even bureaucrats. Uh, these are elected officials. That's the true. that we put them in office. Some are. Some
0: are. Pre- Treasury building not so elected. But, yes. Right. Absolutely. They, they delivered the, these petitions to elected officials, bureaucrats, uh, a variety of people, as they've done in the past. They did it in the past, except they did it, um, I guess, showing their faces. Now they're doing it anonymously behind the mask, uh, behind the V for Vendetta mask. And so they sent this guy down there. He went from place to place and delivered the petition, which is a series of questions about a variety of issues. is This is not just a one-trick pony. They're they're asking questions about the war in Iraq. They're asking questions about taxes. taxes. And there was a couple other issues in there as well. I think eminent domain is, is another one. And very simple questions... They've never gotten an answer in the past. This has been going on for years now, and so this is just the latest step in what is a, uh, a fairly large movement of people who have basically told the government, "Look, you don't answer us, uh, and
1: we're not going to pay you taxes." Right. Like, I if mean,
0: you want our taxes, give us some answers.
1: Doesn't I, seem unreasonable. It doesn't seem. Uh, it doesn't seem unreasonable to me. I mean, if, these are some relatively easy questions. Where are the laws that require us to pay taxes? Yeah. Um. You know, things like that. I mean, this is it's, it's easy stuff, and they just don't want to answer so because the, they don't have to.
0: So the idea from last week was they had the one guy go and deliver the petitions, and then they told each bureaucracy that, okay, you've got until November 14th when we're going to await your response, and sure enough... Uh, True to his word, nearly 100 men and women in V-masks and clothing could be seen walking along uh, different streets in downtown D.C., all heading to Lafayette Park across from the White House. By high noon, the V's were facing the White House in formation. Some were holding a uh, 40-foot by 25-foot banner that read, Dear Government, No Answers, No Taxes. Four were holding smaller signs that read, Obey the Constitution, The Right to Petition. They waited about an hour for a representative of President Bush to approach them with some response to the petitions. As has been his wont, the president did not respond. However, photographers, reporters, and tourists responded well to the rich imagery provided by the demonstration. The appearance of dozens of Vs delivering such a message was attention-getting, to say the least. There was a sidewalk press conference with one V who had a red rose protruding from his hat band. No tourist with a camera could resist stopping to photograph the scene, whether he or she was alone or part of the very large group of high school students that was on its way to tour the White House. So I think that this particular event was much better um, as far as, um, as getting coverage for these people sure. than their original event was a few years ago when they did something similar. They all gathered at the National Mall to await a response after they again had petitioned these various bureaucracies. And, of course, nobody came to respond. But they didn't have masks on.
1: Right. They, there was you know, it was just some people out there, and who knows what they want. They're probably noisy and stuff. Let's not go over there. Right. So why are
0: we going to listen to those people? Let's listen to the guy with the mask on. People were actually paying attention right. to the costumed folks. Anyway, the V's on the outside edges of the formation distributed hundreds of uh, We the People Foundation brochures to anybody requesting one. Apparently the supply was nearly depleted. By the time the formation moved on to the next location, after the silent vigil in front of the White House, the V's broke ranks and reformed with banner and signs a few hundred feet down at Pennsylvania Avenue, directly facing the main Treasury building, where they waited a half an hour for a representative of Treasury Secretary Paulson to respond to the petitions for redress, especially the petition regarding the uh, privately owned Federal Reserve System and the violations of the money clauses of the Constitution. As has been its
1: custom, the Treasury did not respond. Why would they do that? They have they they control all the money. They're not, not going to answer our questions. Well, right, And they, maybe their answers will be used against them. Maybe they're
0: concerned with that. The number of photographers and reporters declined at this point, but the interest among the picture-taking tourists did not. The V's then marched down 15th Street and Constitution Avenue to the Department of Justice where
1: they waited for a half an hour. I bet that was amazing seeing the uh, dozens of people dressed up as V walking down, yeah, you know, pretty the cool there in in uh, Washington D.C. You know the police
0: were uh, probably a little more than curious about it with the banner and signs for the Attorney General to respond for the petitions of redress. Again, waiting in front of the Department of Justice. As has been its tradition, the Department of Justice did not respond. Interestingly, one professional photographer for the Foreign Press Photo Service took dozens of carefully crafted pictures while the V's were waiting outside of the DOJ uh, building. They then marched to the reflecting pool and faced the Capitol as they waited for representatives of the House Speaker and Senate Majority Leader to respond to the petitions for redress. Guess what happened, Mark? Um,
1: nobody came out. No, nobody came out.
0: Nobody wanted to answer these petitions for redress.
1: Well, it's not – the the fact that they're not coming out isn't a loss or a success. Um, it would just be amazing if they came out. Yes. Because the fact is there's no expectation that these bureaucrats will come out. It The, the whole point of the demonstration is to show the absolute hubris that our government has. The lack of response. The, 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 that, they, that they think that they um, – that it's, it's simply in their mind. They wouldn't even imagine – Serving the people right. um, of you know the people of America. They believe that they own the people. The government
0: believes that they are in control. And you know what? To a, to a large extent, they are <laughs> right. in control. They're, they're proving that it's true. Exactly right. Um, but unfortunately, um, I think they're
1: going to they're going to have a surprise in store for them. Well, because because it's not um, even though it, it it seems to be true on the surface, um, or if you look at things now, the fact is. Those few people that run the government can't control all the people no, they in can't. America. They, can, they only are
0: in control because we continue to consent to their control. Right. And there's another step in this process, this V for Vendetta protest. It's going to involve a thousand costumed Vs. We'll tell you about that coming up. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet a toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are for free, so enjoy them including the updates. Get signed up for the updates. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show at updates.freetalklive.com. And I think I mentioned I I sent out an update recently in regards to the Free Talk Live auction, which is going on as we speak. Head over to auction.freetalklive.com if you're interested in, say, buying the second banner on our website for an entire month, because that's what we're auctioning. And the idea is simple. Um, I don't know what these banners are worth, um, so, I'm putting it up to the market. Let the market decide uh, what a month-long advertising banner on freetalklive.com is worth. You'll get the entire site, pretty much, the uh, at least the main site. You'll be on every single page, virtually, uh, for an entire month for, I don't know, last time I looked, it was at 99 cents. So I think it's gone up a little bit since then. Right. 3103. 3103, with probably a few days remaining. So, head over there, learn about the auction, place your bid, auction.freetalklive.com. doesn't matter if you want to promote a band, a product, a service. Or uh, an organization. Pretty much anything goes. Auction.freetalklive.com All right, so we were talking about the V for Vendetta protest uh, that went on in Washington, D.C. last week. A lot of people were wondering what happened. There was silence for a little while, and then the story hit over the weekend. Apparently it was fairly successful. Uh, less than a 100, not sure exactly how many people, but enough for them to say less than a 100, but yet dozens, and certainly enough to uh, fill out a, a fairly large picture that just to fill a a full frame of just a bunch of people in V for Vendetta masks and costumes, and their purpose was to converge on Washington, D.C., and await a response from Congress, the Department of Justice, the Treasury, and the President in regards to a petition for redress of grievances that they had sent. They had delivered these petitions, and they had told them, we are going to wait for your response on this particular date, November 14th, at these locations, at these times, Nobody came to respond. Nobody came to answer just a few simple questions about taxes and the war in Iraq and the Federal Reserve System. Uh, The government is not interested in answering your questions. They don't care that you have questions about their governance. They are going to ignore you. And that's why the
1: government, they get to govern you.
0: That's why this group has gone to court. The We the People organization, their website, GiveMeLiberty.org. That's why they've gone to court and filed a lawsuit and if there, it may go to the Supreme Court. I think it's a, fe- a federal court level at this point where essentially the lawsuit is going to ask the courts to determine for the very first time ever what the particular clause in amendment one means that has never been decided on right the right of people to um, redress grievances the, to petition the government for redress of grievances yeah what's a, it mean we don't know yet apparently we think that, that i mean i think anybody reasonable that reads that would say oh that means that you can ask the government to uh, address your grievances but apparently the government says no 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 such thing
1: <laughs> they, so, don't, they don't even say they say nothing Right. They ignore you when That's you right. have your grievances. Or they say you're you're frivolous. Get out of here. So here's the uh,
0: the the, uh, the I guess the continuance of the story. It's too soon to know the full extent. This from GiveMeLiberty.org. The public's information and awareness about the D.C. event. They mentioned a few, uh, I guess, exposures they got. There was a Brazil newspaper that covered the event. They received an email from the director of the movie, V for Vendetta. He was made aware of our events and said he wanted to send a few words of encouragement and was happy that V had made it into the popular vernacular. He closed with the words, Fight the Power. Uh, An article will appear in Monday's issue of Tax Notes, which is America's leading tax news and research magazine, and we received word from a man who stated that while he was passing through an airport on Tuesday, he saw television images of CNN of the on CNN of the Vs across from the White House. So at this point, they're actually looking for anybody that might have seen any coverage of this to uh, to get in contact with them because they aren't aware that it, that they aren't aware of where the coverage appeared if it did. Now, plans are underway for the Give Me Liberty 2007 conference. They're saying most likely it will take place in Washington, D.C. on a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's one of, on one of those days we hope to assemble 1,000 V demonstrators on the street in support of our right to petition the government for redress of constitutional torts, including our right to response and our right to enforcement if government does not respond to our proper constitutionally-based petitions, uh, constitutionally petitions for redress. And this is an interesting spin. And it'll be interesting to see if if anything comes of this. But they say, we hope to convince those who are responsible for making the movie V for Vendetta to help us obtain, hopefully by donation, the 1,000 costumes needed for this next event. Now, I find that a very interesting um, uh, approach to this. Because one of the things that's going to limit the amount of people who are going to turn up is budget. It does cost money to get a plane ticket to Washington, D.C. and a hotel room and all of that uh, ...to show up at this event, let alone spend an extra $175 on the V costume. Right. So, interesting... But you get to keep that. You do. Well, you, know, you, you would. Um, Interesting approach in that asking the V producers to get behind this... ...it's going to be iffy because, you know, the V producers may or may not agree... ...with what this particular protest is all about... ...but it's also going to be free publicity for that particular movie... Mm-hmm. ...you know, a good year after it, it was actually released... So I don't know. Has it been a year? Has it was. It, been a year? it was released in uh, March.
1: Yeah. Well. Oh. And so
0: conference isn't going to happen until early next year. Yeah. So we're going to keep you informed as to the status of this uh, this case. I think it's very interesting, and I hope that they can get you know close to a thousand people uh, involved here. And I don't I still don't expect anybody to come out and talk to them. Well they got or, close
1: to a hundred. I don't see why they um you know, they couldn't get close to a thousand. I think it's a good move, um,
0: I guess also having that conference so to give people an extra reason to come instead of to just attend, you know, the protest. Right. Giving them an extra reason to show up there. So uh we'll keep you informed on that. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Pretty exciting. I think it's great. It's great imagery. It's and that's you know, that's what people respond Well, to. It
1: certainly worked. I mean, people yeah. were taking pictures, reporters came I mean, you know, that's a big
0: deal. Right. And that's what people key in on. They key in on things that get their attention. And people um, masked in Washington D.C. as V for v for, uh, v for V for V for Vendetta. It's a great idea. Your thoughts at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. All right, to the phones, to the fun. Let's go to Liam in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, how's it
7: going, guys? Hey,
0: you're on the Amplifier line. What's on your mind?
7: Uh, not too much, actually. I was going to call about something else, but I want to talk about the V thing now. Sure. That's pretty cool. I, um for, like, when I first heard about it, I thought it was probably one of the coolest things I'd heard, you know, anybody doing in a while. But the only thing that I thought is, uh, I thought that they should have just got, like, more like a thousand people the first time around. Because I think, I mean, I was surprised that it got on CNN and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe if they had, you know, more people, like, to where they filled, like, a city street, kind of like the way it did in the movie, that it would have been way more effective. They I see what you're saying, to, uh,
0: Liam. I see what you're saying, but I think that they're doing it the right way because the way they did it, it shows a proof of concept. Because if you just yeah. say, okay, a thousand people show up in Washington, D.C. and bring a bunch of V costumes, you're going to, I mean, I don't think they would have made it happen. But if you can show that, yes, we okay. did almost get a 100 people in order to, sh- to show up for this. And they got Let's, on CNN. Right. So therefore yeah, getting I on CNN twice is better CNN, than getting on so. once. So then they're basically they're just going to step it up you know, to the next level, basically, and I think they're approaching it in the right way, but I see where you're coming from.
3: Yeah,
7: definitely. Do
0: you have any other thoughts? Well,
7: uh, um, yeah, one other thing. I just kind of wanted to talk for a minute about the Free State Project Sure. and uh, how awesome I think it's going to be once everybody actually gets there, you know, yeah. to, to New Hampshire, because I've been thinking about this for a long time, and for the first time ever in my life, once I get there... I will be able to do something I've never been able to do, do before, that? and that is tell the government no.
0: What?
7: I will, we, we will all be able to say no to the government. If we don't like something they're doing, you know, like the federal government, we can pass a law, and enough people will actually be behind it to where we can say no. We're not going to do that. We're not going to let, you know, your drug thugs come in here and break into people's houses, and we're not going to let the tax people come in and steal people's property and stuff. That's true. It's amazing. It's yeah.
0: a great concept, and it is working. I got to tell you, I mean, every time I hear about somebody coming up here, it's it's exciting. I mean, when two new yeah. people move up into the area, I mean, that's a big deal. It's really exciting because Absolutely. it's two more people coming up to back up those of us who are already here. And you know that when you do say no to the government, there are people in close vicinity, close proximity oh, to yeah. you that are going to back you up that are going to you know, come to your trial, or they're going to you know, hand out flyers, they're going to protest, and it's just, it's going to be incredible, and I agree with you. Liam, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free packet 8 line. You can take control of the airwaves. Uh, another update on the way. Again, I told you, night of the updates. This one about the Military Commissions Act. As it turns out, maybe it's not even legally law. We'll look hmm. into it. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show you take control, toll-free, 800-259-9231, the Packet a toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. They're free, but we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at store.freetalklive.com. That's store.freetalklive.com. We've got Free Talk Live t-shirts, hats, bowling shirts, and a variety of hats, by the way. Uh, classic Archives on DVD Collector sets all there, store.freetalklive.com. And for everything else you need to buy in life, head over to amazon.freetalklive.com. Because when you shop at Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of whatever you buy. I heard that one of our listeners bought something like $1,200 in products at amazon.freetalklive.com the other day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's tremendous. That's awesome. You're going to do the shopping anyway, so shop online, have it delivered to your door. There's 35 categories of products, and help Free Talk Live out all at the same time. What could be better? Amazon.freetalklive.com So then, uh, we are t- uh, we're talking about, uh, just sort of doing updates here tonight. There's a variety of stories where there's new information coming out. For instance, the Military Commissions Act. We talked about this in depth as it was uh, signed by, or I guess it was passed by the House and Senate, and then it sat and it waited for a while before the President actually finally got around to signing it into law. But did he? Now, just to recap, the Military Commissions Act is essentially the piece of legislation that legalizes all of the illegal things that the the federal government has been engaged in
1: in the past five years or so. Right. You know, basically, the, the president gets to define what torture is. Mm-hmm. He gets to say, well... Is sticking um, little sharp bamboo shoots underneath people's fingernails torture? Or is it just maybe a, an investigation, investigative technique? Well, not
0: only does he get to define those things, but he also gets to keep them secret as well. Yes. So he gets to define them and
1: tell nobody what he's defined them as. And they, and they doesn't have to reveal it to anyone. Um, also, they can classify in, he can classify in his little panel. Mm-hmm. He, he delegates a panel right. on which he could be a part or not, I guess. Sure. Um, and his little panel decides whether or not you're an enemy combatant. That's right. And they can designate anybody they want as an enemy combatant.
0: Pretty much. The definition of enemy combatant is very, very vague and mm-hmm. very broad.
1: Now, as so far, they haven't been doing that with too many Americans. But then again, how do we know? Because they get to have uh, secret trials That's for these right. people. You get plucked off the street, thrown into a
0: military brig. Nobody knows you're there. You get a secret military tribunal trial where you're not even allowed to show up. Uh, you, you may not even be allowed in the courtroom, let alone talk to your military-approved lawyer. It's not going to be a public trial. You're not going to know about it. Heck, the person on the uh, the person who's being tried may not even know when the trial is taking place. So all of these things have been legitimized. They have been legalized by the Military Commissions Act. In fact, in retrospect as well, they've also said, oh yeah, and all the bad things that uh, everybody's done, the CIA, secret prisons and all of that, that's legal now too. Um, nobody can be prosecuted. Right.
1: Right. They just covered all their tracks and everything that they could have gotten in trouble for, all the illegal crap they did in the past and made it all legal Ill, made it all legal now.
0: Now, the Free Market News Network has an interesting um I guess revelation about all of this. From FM uh fmnn.com, the Military Commissions Act might not be law after all. According to an analysis of the US Constitution, President Bush may have run afoul of a technicality in that document by failing to sign the H.R. 6166 legislation within the required time period after its passage by Congress. Really? What kind of time period was on it? Michael Rivero, at What Really Happened, cites a controversial discussion from an internet radio show, which has reportedly sent constitutional scholars scurrying to their study desks to sort out the details of the bill, which seemingly allows indefinite detention of unlawful enemy combatants, so-called. Rivero notes, in summarizing the story, quote, Under the Constitution, the president must sign a bill
1: within 10 days of passage by Congress. And remember, we were talking about how long it had been. Right. You would think that he would have just been all over the place to sign this. He wanted it. Right. It took two, maybe three weeks for him to finally get around to signing this. Well, if he fails to
0: sign this bill within that 10-day window while Congress is in session, the bill automatically becomes law. But if Congress is in recess, as they were at the time... As I understand it, the bill is automatically vetoed.
1: That's called a pocket veto. Okay. Yeah, that's the terminology for that.
0: Well, Bush took longer than ten days to sign the military commission. So he Act.
1: accidentally pocket vetoed the um, was, military commission. Was Act it accidental? You got to wonder about well, that. Well, why would he? Why wouldn't
0: he? Well, maybe because he knows it's unconstitutional, and he wants people. We've had people get on the air here, Mark, over the past few years and make claims about how, well, you know, to, um, there are certain laws that uh, the, the 16th Amendment wasn't properly ratified, right. yet it's in there. And there's people that have done all kinds of research on these things. And there have been examples of, you know, the government sort of not doing things
1: the way they're supposed to, but yet everybody just sort of accepting it as though that they did. Sure. Um, th- there's certainly example um, you know, people making claims like that. I, right. In this... Sounds like one of those instances, right? So
0: maybe um, maybe it was an accident, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe but he what, just wants everybody to believe that uh, you know they have these new powers. What difference would it
1: make though? Because um, it doesn't make a difference. No, there's no, no difference one way or the other. They're going to act as though it's true, and if it were true, somebody would take it to you know I, I, I guess they can't take it um, to court and fight it because they're not allowed to be in court. But let's, let's say that they did manage to uh, take it to court and fight it um, one way or another. Then if they won and it wasn't law, then um, what difference would it make if they won and it was law? It's not like the president has anything to lose by doing it. it I think this is a mistake. You think it was a mistake? I can't see how it wouldn't be a mistake because there's no, nobody gets hurt if it, um, if it uh, somehow is unconstitutional. Big deal. Well, exactly. are they going to take the uh, the members of Congress all that voted for it, even though it's unconstitutional? Mm-hmm. You voted for this law. Lop off one of your fingers. Yeah, you're bad politicians. We're going to cut off a finger. No, they're not going to do that. They could care less. Well, I agree oh, with you. Oh, the American people, lots. But of, I think what this lots shows. of uh, Arabian guys have been in prison for uh, three or four years while this thing came to court. I hmm.
0: guess the reason one of the reasons I'm bringing it up is to point out how it's this. This, if this is true, and I believe it is, this whole pocket veto thing. If this is true it points out that the constitution's not in effect because if you can go ahead and have a law passed and everybody believes that the law's been passed even though constitutionally it wasn't actually passed constitutionally the military commissions act is not law but yet everybody's treating it as though it is it's just one more arrow in the quiver of those people that are that make the argument that essentially says that the United States government you know they, these are there are people that claim the US government uh, went insolvent um decades ago right. and now it's been replaced by this corporation in, in its place and it's it sounds very paranoid on its front but here's more evidence i guess to, in their uh in their uh, uh, quiver if you will more evidence that says that there is no Constitution in effect. It's clear the Constitution isn't in effect. These guys are really just doing what they want to do. And if you... if well, you are doing it under that,
1: the, the guise of the Constitution being Sure in effect, they are. Of course they are. They're saying they, the Constitution's in effect. Right, and they swear to the Constitution when they take office. Right. But if the Constitution's
0: not really in effect, and they swear to a document that's not really in effect, then... What's it matter anyway? Besides, they know just as well as we do, Mark, that the Constitution's just a piece of paper.
1: Just a piece of paper with words on it. Right. So they're just going to do whatever they want until somebody right. stops them. And there is there is example after example after example of the government doing whatever the hell it wants to do until someone finally stops them. And then they usually get to do more than they were, were able to do before they started anyway. That's right. So the government constantly grows and pushes its boundaries and gets bigger, more oppressive and costs lots and lots more money. How could this be challenged? I don't, I'm not a lawyer, I I'm not a legal
0: scholar. How could this law... It, can anybody just go to court and say, I want to file a suit against the no. Military Commissions Act? No,
1: you can't because you have to show damage, or in some way that you've been harmed by the Military Commissions right. Act 2006. Right, but as you were
0: pointing out, the Military Commissions Act allows them to just pluck people off right. the streets without putting them into the and system they at all. Right, they're enemy is, combatants, so the mili- therefore they
1: can't... They can't use the court system See, to com- refute the fact that they've been labeled enemy combatants. This is so mind-bending, isn't it, Mark? I mean, yeah. the, the, the Military Commissions Act, on its
0: face, is an unconstitutional document that's uh, an outrage against the freedoms that this country once sure. ha- once had. And so maybe that's one of the reasons why it was not even passed in a constitutional manner. It's just more evidence that this country, the, the government that's uh, in charge here, so-called, is not running under the rules of the Constitution. No. They're making it up
1: as they go along at right. this point. The rules of government that is the Constitution, the government is not following them, and they're not even close nope. to following them as far as I'm concerned. They're not even trying. Some people could make arguments in, in certain um, arenas, and but mostly, no. 1-800-259-9231. Are we off? Are we missing something? I want to
0: know really if we are 800 259 9231 is the packet eight toll free line because this it's just more evidence and if the government's not operating under the Constitution, then you clearly don't have any obligation. I mean the, the whole suggestion was well there's a social contract and you've got an obligation to uh, to to bow down to the government when they want you to do something. Well no there's no contract and there never was. And it's clear that this organization of criminals, known as the United States Federal Government, is going to run roughshod over any rights that we have left. They don't care about your rights. All they care about is increasing their power and increasing their strength and increasing their tax base, of course. Are we wrong? 800 259 Did we misanalyze this? Hour number three is on the way. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it is your show. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All of the features are free. Enjoy that, freetalklive.com. We go to the phones to start things out here in this hour with Mark in Las Vegas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark.
8: Hey, gentlemen. Hey, Mark. Hey, what's w- on your mind? I wanted to uh, bring up a sellout by Congressman Ron Paul.
0: Oh, uh, it wouldn't be the first, but what's uh, what it is?
8: I know it's not – uh, he gets kind of into the populist, uh, Buchanan-esque side on immigration and stuff like that now, but but this one is really disturbing me. That's why I want to share it because I'm having a difficult time coping with this guy. Okay. Oh, my God. I mean I'm just like uh. – I mean, help me. Well, Ron, I understand
0: understand how you feel. Ron Paul's a hero to a lot of people because he is the most libertarian guy in Congress. They call him Dr. No because he votes no on virtually anything that's unconstitutional and uh, and anti-liberty. But there are certainly a few. There are a few exceptions, and you mentioned immigration, but this is something different?
8: Yes, this is ugly, too. All right, this is straight from his website, house.gov forward slash Paul. from A press release, October 18th, 2006. Paul urges Social Security fairness for Texas teachers. Mm -hmm. A petition could force congressional action this year. This is what it says, Lake Jackson, Texas. Congressman Ron Paul recently joined more than 120 of his congressional colleagues in demanding action on legislation that will end the unfair practice of cutting Social Security benefits for Texas teachers. Many Texas teachers and other public employees work for school districts, or local government entities that do not participate in the Social Security system. Many of these individuals still qualify for Social Security benefits through their work for other employers or through their spouses. Upon retirement, however, their Social Security benefits are cut or even eliminated based on a federal law that deems their Texas pensions a quote-unquote windfall. This is fundamentally unfair and leaves thousands of teachers with less retirement income than they would receive based on the same earnings with another employer. Quote, I strongly oppose the current laws that restrict the ability of citizens and their spouses to collect full Social Security benefits just because they worked as teachers, government employees, or railroad Railroad employees,
0: close quote. So wait, wait, let me see if I understand falsitated. this correctly, Mark. You're saying that be, there's some law that uh, if you're a Texas teacher, you don't get your full Social Security payout for some some reason because you work well, for the government? They,
8: and, and there's a good reason for that. They, uh, they, they collect a pension, they get pension, retirement pension, for working I for see. the government. But, yeah, you see, a right, lot that's of one of the work, reasons
0: why people work for the government, because they get that sweet, sweet pension uh, yeah, taxpayer-funded and, for the rest of their lives.
8: And, and then... It's my understanding, I guess, like certain government uh, jobs, people are exempt from having to pay into the Social Security system. But Ron Paul is saying they should still go ahead and be able to collect Social Security Yikes. on top of their government pension. And see, my idea, a true libertarian would not want to create more incentives for working for the government, whether it's a teacher or true. whatever. Good point. You know, why would we want – He should why be ashamed. Would we
0: want you know what I bet happened? I, mean, it, it, I bet the power went to his head because uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, and he was looking to get reelected. and the teachers' union came to him and said, well, we'll give you our endorsement if you'll back us up on this legislation. And maybe there was something did like he,
8: that. Did he get endorsed by the, the teachers' union? I don't know. I was
0: just making it up. I was just trying to think of uh, some reason why that might have happened. Well, maybe he well, just yeah, thought I mean, it was fair. That,
8: it's just ugly. I mean, it, he says that uh, he yeah he's an original co-sponsor of H.R. 147 legislation that appeals – uh, the the quote-unquote windfall elimination provision. How's that fair,
1: Mark? I'm not saying it's fair. I mean, maybe it was explained to him in some manner or another that made it seem fair. I mean, why should their um, petition or why should their pension in any way interfere with them getting social because security Because they don't benefits? pay in. Well, um, yeah. I, I, who knows whether they pay in? Look, um, he just
0: said they don't pay in as well, teachers in the Texas school system. They don't pay into social security.
8: What? Why yeah, and, and I don't see how it's fair that these government employees collect any, I mean, man, I'm a disabled, veteran. I I hate these VA employees. God, I wish they'd shut the place down, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We've heard nothing but horror stories from VA people. I mean, it's oh just. Oh, my a,
8: God. I, it, I couldn't even begin to enumerate how uh, the problem, oh, my God, it's horrible, man. I mean,
0: uh, crum, the only reason criminal. you go is because you can't afford to go anywhere else.
8: Actually, I, I don't even go there because it's that bad. It's, That's good. It's, uh, it's, they make a mockery. Of healthcare is what they do. Well, it's socialism.
0: It's socialism. It's a a perfect example of uh, what socialized healthcare would be like if we all had it.
8: Exactly, and what government in general, because government doesn't earn its income by satisfying consumer demands. It obtains its revenue by using the threat of of violence or actual violence, and so it doesn't have to sit there and, and you know pass a profit loss test and precisely uh, right confer a social benefit and so why do we want these people to get rewarded for participating in it's
0: beyond me i don't understand it mark thank you for the call we appreciate hearing from you sir thank you 800-259-9231 you look perturbed well
1: uh, no i was um you were saying that uh you know, VA hospitals are an example of socialized medicine. And I was reading an article; like, it's been probably a month now, but it was a Time article, I think, um, talking about how just great the VA hospitals are. We have a, <laughs> we have an example of socialized medicine here in America. It's called the VA hospital, and it works very well.
0: Oh, they say it's great because it's free. That's what you know, that, that's what they that's what they base that on. Well, it's free for the veterans, <laughs> but it's not free. It costs everybody, and it costs everybody too much. Because of what Mark was saying, the fact that they don't have to respond to market forces. They just do whatever it is they want to do, spend whatever they want on, on the things they want, and then they pass the costs on to everybody else. They, they're they just not responsible. The incentives are not there. They're not present. And uh, shame on Ron Paul for supporting welfare. 800-259-9231, the toll-free number. Uh, well, all right, so here's another update for you. Last, uh, I guess it was about probably about a year ago at least that's as far as I recall when we last uh, talked about this. It was something that was being proposed at the time, and now now it's happening. According to homeland Stupidity at uh, homelandstupidity.us Michael, uh, actually Dana Haley writing. when I was studying at the University of Kansas, I majored in education, German, linguistics, jur- uh, linguistics, journalism, history. English and toyed with the idea of biology. I actually got as far as declaring the first five at one time or another, but ended up with a degree in education
1: in German. And I never did end up a German teacher, which was the whole point to begin yeah, with. Yeah, that makes some sense, you you would think. According, but no surprise there, many people uh, get degrees and things that they don't. Indeed, in the fact. statistics are coming up. According to eJournal USA, an online publication of
0: the Department of State, I am not alone. More than two-thirds of all college students change their major at some point during their college career and may consider four or five majors before deciding on one. In fact, a growing number of colleges are recommending that students wait until they're enrolled before declaring a major. And at many institutions, a student may wait until his or her sophomore year to formally declare a major and graduate on time. Now what does your major have to do with life? Within ten years, most people are working in a field outside of their major. With all the relevance switching majors has on real life, it's only natural that the government at some time would take over and recommend the process take place even earlier. Say, at age 13. Beginning with the School to Work Opportunities Act of 1994, states have been encouraged to adapt their education systems to the needs of the workforce, including choosing a career-related major and work towards a skill certificate. As of 1998, all 50 states, Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico, had received implementation grants from the federal government to implement the program. Florida, where we come from is the first to roll out its plan as part of Governor Jeb Bush's A-plus plan. <laughs> sure, we put a great name on it. To make schools more relevant to children, or maybe to the state. This spring, all Florida 8th graders who will be attending a public school, including charters and alternative schools, will be required... Wow, that's
1: lots and lots of students.
0: ...will be required to declare a major. Ridiculous. Ridiculous from the state's approved list of one hundred and thirty eight major areas of interest. Now what were you thinking about when you were thirteen, Mark? Hold on just
1: a second. I'm trying to I'm trying to imagine what it was that I thought in eighth grade I was going to do for a living. Oh my god. I think I
0: wanted to be a truck driver.
1: I it's I'm so far removed from thirteen that I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. I, I don't even know. It's certainly the case that this is an absolutely absurd idea. I know that idea. it wasn't radio talk show host. Nope. And um, I know that it wasn't any of the things that I have done for a living. It's it's just ludicrous to believe that 8th graders are, are
0: in possession <laughs> of the faculties to make this decision. Now, wait a minute. I want to make clear. We've been talking about over the past several nights on the show that if we get the government out of education, then we'd probably have Compton. Uh, educated individuals graduating at 14 and 15 and 13. But right now, that's not what we have. Right now, we have a bunch of babies that have been babysat by the government for, uh, for, you know, a decade of their lives. There's more details here. We're oh gonna God. come back. The government, Florida, the first state to require eighth graders to choose a major. This is insanity. Your thoughts? You make the call. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You take control of the airwaves, toll-free, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And, Mark? That's the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The wiki is there for you. I'm not sure if it's working right now because we had a major server crash uh, during the overnight, we're busily working to get everything back online, all of the wonderful features that you're used to getting for free at freetalklive.com. Thank goodness we aren't charging for the website. I, I always feel so good when something goes wrong. I mean, I don't feel good, I guess, but I, I don't feel as bad as I would normally feel if we had a bunch of people paying for access to our website. Then I'd be really stressed out. But we are, rest assured, getting our functions back online so you can enjoy them for free. At wiki.freetalklive.com, that's where you can edit the uh, the website. It's like the listener-editable version of freetalklive.com. So head on over there. All right, 13 years old. Now, flashback. F- close your eyes, unless you're driving, uh, for a moment, and flashback to what you were like when you were 13. I have a hard time remembering as well, Mark, but I was certainly a little brat. I uh, I know that much. A punk, if you will. Um, and uh, I-, I can't even, like... 13, getting out of 8th grade, going into high school. Um, no, I, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have been able to decide on what it is I wanted to do. And if I had
1: made a decision, it certainly wouldn't have been this. No, I mean, how could you even possibly guess? I don't know. That's uh, <laughs> Picking well, a major for high school? That it's, doesn't make any sense at all to me. It's Governor
0: Jeb Bush's A++ plan To make schools more relevant to children. From the Palm Beach Post, quote, Every high school, alternative, and charter school that offers grade 9 through 12 created majors based on the school's curriculum, magnet programs, and career academies. Each has about a a dozen majors or more to choose from. Majors in foreign languages, language arts, science, social studies, and mathematics can be found at most schools. Charters and alternative schools have fewer, with some schools only offering two or three choices. (laughs) I've always thought education, back to uh, US, was about more about enlightening the intellect and broadening once arises. But it seems it's looking more and more like herding children into small boxes approved by the state. Palm Beach Board school member uh, Sandra Richmond has high hopes for the program. Quote, as long as we encourage students to think about it and let them know they have choices, and as long as we keep it flexible, I don't think it will do too much damage unquote. I'm sure those words are very comforting to parents who entrust their children to the government schools on a daily basis. They'll try not to do too much damage. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh my God. Now, how
0: could this be damaging to kids? I mean, how could the idea of them picking a major at age 13 be damaging?
1: Well, um, I mean, they're just 13. They're going to fail. Fail? Well, they'll they'll fail to pick the whatever it is that they're going to do in life. They'll change their minds. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know. I mean, that's that's the worst thing that I can see is that they would be – it doesn't make any sense because they're going to be studying – like if you're studying for a major of uh, broadcast journalism and then you decide, you know, I'm scared of cameras. I don't want to do that. I'm scared of microphones. I don't want to do that. Then you've wasted all this time learning about broadcast journalism and you're not going to do it. Right and I
0: think that uh, that uh, Homeland stupidity's got the right uh, approach on this to suggest that when you're 13 to try to solidify at that time considering that, what as they pointed out that college kids kids who are above age 18 5 years older you know 20 years old and when you're 13 5 years is you know more than a third of your entire life that's a big difference a lot of changes happen in those 5 years not just to, to your ones. body but also to your brain you're still developing uh, they 're pointing out that you know five years or the the kids that are in college change their major several times at least twice typically, and so to suggest that a thirteen year old is going to somehow be able to make these decisions is absolutely absurd, and it does give them this it, it does sort of put them in this okay now you 're in the box mentality of okay well here 's what you 're going to do, this is your path in life now you 've chosen it here at thirteen, and now you must follow it. Uh, how far are we away? How far removed is, is this from some
1: sort of brave new world? Oh, that's kind of funny. That's a funny uh, accusation. Okay. What? That's just interesting. I mean, I hadn't had considered that. Right, but, but until you know, how far away are we
0: until they say, well, Johnny, uh, your dad is a garbage man and your mom is a teacher, so we, you're going to be a garbage man when you grow up. How far are we away from them from just taking the choice away from the kids and then just assigning them
1: a, a major? Well, here here what you have is you have the government saying you have to go to school. And you have to go to, um, you know, one of several approved schools. At those approved schools, you—that's uh, not exactly right, because you can go to private school. Um, you have to go to school. And approved private school. When schools. you go to, when you go to school, you have to pick a major, and, you know, in that major, that that will be the things that you do in life. Now they'll just say that that's, you know, what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's, you know, and that's generally accepted. What a major is—that's what you're going to go on to be as a career. So, it could get like, stiffer and more rigid. No, no. This is your major. Mm-hmm. This is what you will do in life. Right. You can't choose classes outside of this. And
0: what if, and it does say here that eighth graders, people graduating eighth grade, so 13-year-olds, will be required to choose a major. What does that mean for the kids who, you know, when I was a kid, I was a bit of, you know, I didn't appreciate authority from the from the youngest age I can remember. I have dis uh, I have I have uh, disapproved of authority. And so what if I was to respond by or were to respond by saying, no, I don't want to pick a major. What are you going to do about it? What would their response be if it's my requirement? I mean, are they going to not let me graduate? Are they going to withhold me and keep me in middle school until I decide to pick a major from their pre-approved choices? will they choose a major for me sort of like how when you're in the court when you're in a courtroom and the judge says do you plead not guilty or guilty and you say i don't know what i want to plead i don't plead either i'm entering a plea of not guilty will they do the same thing here and say i'm entering a uh, choice of general education i'm entering a choice of garbage man in- interpretive dance yeah <laughs> You, you laugh, but what are they going to do to the kids that say they don't want to pick something? Or what What if a kid honestly says, you know, um, my mom and dad said that I, I really shouldn't make this decision this early on in life. Well, son, you, you're required to choose a major. But well, we
1: don't really care what your parents think. Yeah, look, son. It's our it, job to educate you. It, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a choice,
0: and we are required to have you enter this choice into our database. It's no big deal. It doesn't mean anything. Maybe that's how they'll play it off. Oh, just put something down. Well, does it mean something? Does it, you know, sort of subtly suggest to kids that this is what you should do when you get older? This concept that you had when you were 13, just barely sprouting pubes, you know, that somehow you're going to be able to make this sort of lifelong choice, this really critical uh, choice. You barely even, you haven't even worked yet. You, You haven't even tasted reality. You've not had a job at 13. Maybe, right. if you're lucky, you've had the experience of being able to work in your mom and dad's shop or something like that and actually had some sort of you know, idea of what the world is like. But for the most part, 99% of the time at age 13, mm, no, not so much. So what do you think about this? What are some of the ramifications? How is this going to affect uh, kids today? I mean, already they're churning out a bunch of nimrods from the uh, government education factories. What's this going to do to all of this? 800-259-9231. Should kids be forced to choose a major at age 13? Is this as bad as I think it is? Nimrods might be a little extreme. 1-800-259-9231. You take control. Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show, you take control. Toll free 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free lines. packet 8net For all of your voice over IP needs. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Live streams are there. There's a broadband version and a dial-up version. Both of them are totally free. That is one of the uh, functions of the site that's absolutely working right now. uh, Because we had a hard drive crash. uh, So some of the features at freetalklive.com, not so working. But we're getting it back online uh, thanks to Torgo. He's busily working for absolutely no pay. Well, I do throw him a few bananas from time to time. Uh, but then, you know, that that keeps him happy. He's the radio monkey, after all. Radio monkey. That's okay, right.
1: I couldn't understand what that meant. <laughs> Why were you claiming to throw bananas to Torco? Keep him in a cage. Give him a computer. I Some bananas. He's happy. Not near. Not nearby. At as least. long as it's a big cage. <laughs> very, very big cage.
0: Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Talking about this absurd proposal in Florida that thirteen year olds, eighth graders, should be able to choose their major before they go into high school. Not be able to, but must. Must. Requirement. Uh, And it's happening in Florida. Florida's the first state to to initiate this. It's probably going to spread, considering that the teachers are all excited. Oh, it's so cute. Look at the kids choosing their majors. They're going to be ready for college before you know it. (laughs) Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to somebody who's a little closer to 13 than we are, Mark. Let's go to Francisco in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, we're just having a good time, as always. Now, Francisco, you are 15? Yes. Okay, so you were 13 just two years ago. Now, Mark and I were having a tough time recalling what it was like to be 13, but we were pretty sure we weren't anything like we are today. Now, I know that uh, a lot can change in just a year's time. I mean, it's still, as an adult, a lot changes in a year's time, and certainly a lot can change as far as your personality and your behavior and everything like that in a year's time as as a young person. Just go back two years, Francisco, if you could, to what you were like when you were 13. How similar were you then to who you are today? Uh,
6: In some aspects, I was the same. I actually go to a charter school, and I have a major that I had to pick, Hmm. which I picked was TV and film. Okay. And uh, when I was 13 in eighth grade, I used to edit all this stuff for my school, so I pretty much knew what I wanted to do. I see. So that's why I knew that I could go to, you know, uh, a charter school for TV and film and be be happy there. Mm-hmm. But um, I know a lot of people who wouldn't be ready to make that decision.
0: Indeed. So um, what I guess was asking was, so you've changed in a number of ways, though, over the past couple of years. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, could you see how in the next, say, five years, you may decide that something else comes up that you want to pursue? I mean, I understand you know what you want to do now, and I think that's great and everything, but couldn't you possibly see that changing? Yeah, of course. Right. Do you see how this might be a little bit damaging to, to, to people that may not be as, I guess, uh, knowledgeable as you, somebody who isn't as sure of themselves, how this might uh, sort of throw them for a loop?
6: Yeah, of course it would. I mean, if I was forced to pick a major and I had no idea what I was going to do, I would just I would basically think it had to be my life choice. That's what I had to do because that's what I went to school for.
0: Mm. You would know, feel more more pigeonholed into that particular choice. Yeah.
1: Rather than giving you um, you know, giving them a bunch of options as to what they can uh, you know, go on and do. I should try this class and this class and this class and see if I like this and no, let's get them pick a major. And that way they'll take a bunch of classes towards one thing. So what were you calling about tonight?
6: Oh, well, I want to let you know about a little thing that happened today in school. Okay. Oh, well, in school there's a thing called Rebel, which is reaching everyone by exposing lies. What? It's about smoking tobacco and big tobacco companies. And they're oh. just basically anti-smoking.
0: I see. And what is this exactly at school? Is it some sort of class or what?
6: Oh uh, No, it's actually a group of people at my school who go around and, you know. It's a club. Try to. What? Is yeah, it? basically. Okay. And, um, well, today, you know, I thought they were fine. I thought, they, you know, they didn't force anything on anyone.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: I was happy with them, you know. But today, as I was walking by, I saw a poster with a rebel checklist. Mm-hmm. And it said, um, get people involved in the role. And the second check said, help the state pass the uh, Smoke-Free Air
0: Act. Uh-oh. What's and that? that
6: moment, I went to the rebel president and I asked what exactly it was. They, they helped pass the smoking ban here in the Atlantic City casinos. Mm-hmm. Well, they're trying to pass it so people can't smoke in the casinos. Right.
0: Because there's so many kids school, in, in casinos. got to be concerned with all those uh, kids hanging around there.
6: Oh, yeah. Like, at my school, people do not understand private property rights.
0: Of course not. They're trained not to. They don't talk nice. about that in school.
6: I tried to explain to them and they said, Yeah, well we have the right to go where you please I'm like, Yes, so don't go to the casino if you don't want to smell smoke.
1: But it's our casino. No, <laughs> we have the not. right to go there. No, it's not. <laughs> right.
6: And then she said, What about the workers? I'm like, once again, they have a choice.
1: Hmm. That's a radical idea. What about the guy who owns the casino?
6: If he wants them to smoke, he lets them. If yeah, you know that's them, the
1: that's the thing that they don't look at. Look, don't you think that people should be able to smoke on their own property? Well, what about the guy who wants to Not owns if the I'm there, Mister. Right. That's just how it is, you know. Like they could care less when it comes down to smoking. They're second-class citizens. So this organization,
0: this rebel, is going to be lobbying for the passage of this bill that's going to yeah, ban smoking in casinos
6: today in school. They were actually getting people to sign a petition for this.
0: Wait a minute. Only seniors? Who? How can kids? Yeah, sign? seniors. Seniors.
6: Eighteen-year-olds okay. during lunch. Right. So they were signing, They were getting people to sign. And they also go out to like, they go on trips and try to get people to sign. Like yesterday, Ugh. they went to a mall and had a meeting there trying to get people to sign this petition.
0: Right. And because it's kids, they're they're essentially uh, whoever it is that's organizing this, whatever activist group is behind this, is using children just as they always do. These people that want to shove their laws down others' throats, they use kids who don't know any better. To activists, uh, to to activate for them in order to, uh, to to you know in order to have that sort of appearance of oh well the kids are for it then we oh, should yeah. sign this it's beautiful yeah, if the children oh, are help for us. it
6: we want smoke-free air.
0: oh gosh so what uh, so what happened uh, with the remainder of your encounter there
6: well uh, we were in class and I was trying to explain to the rebel president who is a student in my class about private property rights and that I did not agree with her mm-hmm. she actually started screaming.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, She really started screaming. That's when you can tell. That's when it, you should um, be able to point out that it's clear who's winning and who's losing this conversation.
1: Oh, yes. yeah. oh but, yeah. But it yeah. feels you're like really... you're losing when you have a screaming girl in front of you. <laughs> what was she screaming about if you could but actually don't make it out?
6: Me. Stop talking to me.
1: Oh. Hmm. So you were bothering her. The the
6: teacher knew what was going on. It's okay.
1: It's okay that she's bothering the casinos by taking away their ability to have smokers in there. But you can't bother her by talking about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's willing to wave guns by proxy in people's face. But you can't. How dare you you ask questions. Yeah. Who do you
0: think you are, Francisco? Someone with individualistic thoughts somebody who's a thinker, somebody who can actually reason for himself.
6: And, and today at lunch, I sit in a group of, uh, I sit at table with pretty liberty-minded kids, actually. Mm-hmm. I found out about that today. I actually got one of them uh, pretty interested in the Free State Project. Cool. But that's uh, another idea. And uh, today, Rebel was passing out folders. <laughs> and they came by our table, and I grabbed one, and I said, I'm sorry, I don't agree with destroying private property. I and I ripped the ta- the folder right in half, and the girl did not understand what I was talking about. Wait a
0: minute. About. Now, wait a minute. Who paid for the folder? Was it taxpayer dollars or I'm not sure. or the rebel? Because then you, you you sort of were a little hypocritical by saying you don't agree with destroying private property as you were destroying their private property. Right, I'm
6: pretty sure, no, because it's a state-run program.
0: Though they did give you the folder. Wait, they yeah. gave you the folder, so that became yours. Yeah. Okay, so it was your property. All right, I'm yeah. okay with that. <laughs> yeah,
6: but.
0: <laughs> but... So what I did they really say to like,
6: that? I don't understand how people do not understand private property rights.
0: What did they say after you ripped up the folder?
6: Uh, the girl just walked away, kind of with a shocked face.
0: Yeah, get lost. Yeah, get fascist.
1: Well, they, they have no idea. They're just they're they just have, little cogs in the system. They just don't want people to smoke. Right. Smoking's bad. Right. And we know that the government solves problems, so let's use the government to solve this problem. I mean, it's very simplistic thinking that they've never challenged themselves on. And of course not. And when
0: Francisco comes around to challenge them, uh, they see him as uh, as the enemy. And they shut off. Francisco, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Give us an update whenever you get something new. As always, thank you. 800-259-9231. I just love his little uh, insides uh, high school stories.
1: They're fun. I guess you must miss it.
0: I don't. No, I don't. Not at all. But I do enjoy um, hearing somebody of our persuasion and the stories that they they encounter in the government school system. More on the way. You take control. Final segment's coming up. Just enough time for your call. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. And this is the Monday edition of the show. You can still take control of the airwaves, though. 800-259-9231. The packet eight will free line 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And as always, you can join us on our website. Enjoy all the features for free when they're working. We had a server crash and uh, working busily to get everything back why, online for you Why can't you just turn it back on and it works? Uh, well, okay. So the hard drive, something got corrupted in the system files, and, uh, the other, and the system files on the other hard drive were corrupted as well. So we had to install a new hard drive, install a new system on there, install the old hard drive so we could take all the old files, all the... The data that the website runs off of copy it over to the new hard drive in order to get things working again. So it's a process, and it takes time.
1: Sounds like you're all a bunch of boobs. Make the damn thing work. <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, head over to freetalklive.com. Uh, free Enjoy all the free features uh, when they're all working, which should be sooner rather than later. And great way to help support the show, though not sure if it's going to be working right now, is the AMP program. Head over and get details at amp.freetalklive.com. You may be able to read the details, but signing up for AMP may be another question. amp.freetalklive.com. The PayPals will work for sure. The credit card form, not so sure about at this moment. Anyway, the idea behind AMP is to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations, help more internet listeners find the show, and it's working. That's why over 300 of our listeners have decided to become Free Talk Live amplifiers. So get the details, learn about the perks you get. You get access to classic archives, the amplifier only call-in lines, and the amplifier forum. All the details are there for you. Amp.freetalklive.com, great way to support the show, and it's totally voluntary. Alright, so let's go to the phones to the fun. Keith in Pennsylvania, you're on Free Talk Live with Anna Mark.
9: Howdy ho, Libertopians.
0: Hey dude, what's on your mind?
9: Hey, I was trying to find the AMP call in line on the BBS and I noticed your servers out.
0: Yeah it is. <laughs> there you go.
9: Um yeah, I was calling about the Military Commissions Act. Yes. And um I was trying I was trying to add up how a pocket veto could apply. Mm-hmm. And I'm not it's not adding up for me. Okay. And I'll, t- I'll tell you how I'm how I'm oh. you know, what I'm looking at. Okay, great. Um reading Section 7 of the Constitution, it says that the president has 10 days, some days accepted um, after the bill is presented to him. So it starts, the the clock starts ticking when the bill is presented to him.
0: And do you have the actual dates? Have you actually looked at the dates of when it was passed and when it was signed?
9: Yeah, I mean, it would be great if, if there was some technicality that threw it out, but apparently he was presented with it on October the 10th, and he signed it on October the 17th, so that's definitely less than 10 days, even if you include the Sundays.
0: Wait a minute, wait wait! Is it when he's presented or when it moves yeah, out of the House? Says. Or when it moves it was, out of the legislature? It was, signed
9: in the house, it was passed in the House on September 29th. Okay. Um, but Article 7 says, uh, after it shall have been presented to him, he has 10 days. So apparently that's I when it see. starts. And it was about seven days. So,
0: so he did make it in then.
9: It's, that's what it seems to me. I, I, I may be adding it up wrong, but...
0: Your analysis is just as good as anybody else's, and uh, the, the analysis that Free Market News Network was based on was some, I, I guess, some Internet radio show. So.
9: I saw another post. Um, it was on some uh, congressional uh, campaign uh, site that it said the uh, the allegation started on an Alex Jones uh, call-in. <laughs> so I figured I'd, I'd throw well, that out
0: there. There you go. Thanks for it, man. We appreciate it, okay. Keith. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. All right. So let's move on. Since we're talking about the military, another update story. Again, a lot of updates here tonight on Free Talk Live. Mark, you predicted, I guess over the weekend, or it was very recently, when you said something to the effect of, oh my gosh, you had forgotten about Charles Rangel, and you <laughs> realized that now that the Democrats are in control, maybe something different is going to happen with his uh, draft legislation. And sure enough, top of the news today,
1: who's getting attention? Char- Old Charlie Rangel, yep. more attention than ever. And, yeah, he's getting a lot of attention from the talkers now because, well, looks like the Democrats are in the House and the Senate. Very, very close in the Senate. But anyway, What's, Washington what AP, uh, Americans have um, would have to sign up for a new military draft after turning 18 if the incoming chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee has his way. Representative Charles Rangel, Democrat, New York. Said Sunday, he sees his idea as a way to deter politicians from launching wars and to bolster U.S. troop levels insignificant to cover um, potential future action in Iran, North Korea, and Iraq. Hold on a second. Was there a contradiction in that statement? Well, he wants to... He wants to prevent future
0: politicians from uh, creating wars. And how, this, how having a big military is going to prevent that, uh, I'm not sure. Well, I, I think, think he's he- going to get to his suggestion in a moment. But then he says, and so we can send a bunch of uh, other troops over there and fight in uh, in all these other areas we want to fight in. Huh?
1: Well, no, no, he says he doesn't want to fight in those places. Oh, he says we're insufficient um, to cover potential future action in Iran. Um, you know, right? He's
0: saying it's insufficient now, but if we have a draft, then we'll we'll take care of it.
1: Uh, I guess I don't know what he's trying. You know, obviously, by um, by trying to. Um, make it so that uh, the thing that you don't want to have happen by doing it? I don't know. That that's It's crazy logic as far as I'm concerned. Let's go on with his excuses. And I don't quite particularly trust him um, as a result. There's no question in my mind that this president and his administra- and this administration would never have invaded Iraq especially in the flimsy evidence that was presented to Congress if indeed we'd had a draft and members of Congress and the administration thought that their kids Absurd. from their communities would be placed in harm's way Rangel said. He, is so absurd, and he is such a tool uh, for suggesting
0: this, because uh, how could he not know that the people in power, the sons and daughters of the uh, senators and House members and all of that, how could he not know that they would find exemptions, that they would write in loopholes, that there would be ways around this, as there always had been for the uh, the sons and daughters of the elite. You know, the The sons and daughters of the elite were not dying in Vietnam.
1: Sorry, they weren't. Right. Even if they did happen to go into the military, well, they went into some other service. They managed to get transferred to some other place. They had some other soft little duty. Um, Right. I mean, George Bush wasn't even anybody. They were just rich people back then. Yep. Um, George Bush Sr. wasn't. Even a politician back when George Bush... Um, he was connected enough... Uh, wasn't he in the CIA back then? No, he was the um, he was the leader of the CIA before he became the vice president, but that was uh, in the late 70s. Late 70s. Okay. Well, the Vietnam
0: War ended in the mid-70s. So M- early 70s. He was
1: probably involved in politics, but nonetheless, connected enough
0: in order to get exemptions for his kids. Now, so you create this draft, and also, the long-term effects of having this draft, and we're going to talk about... It's actually national service, and he talks about what he means by that. But, uh, the long-term effects are that people become acclimated to the idea of going to work for the government for a specified period of time. They become acclimated to, th- to this concept, and that's not gonna prevent, uh, politicians from starting wars either. Then you've got a bunch of more docile citizens in order with which, uh, with which you can do whatever you
1: want with them. This is bad, bad news. <laughs> Very bad Let's news. Let's continue. Wrangell, a veteran of the Korean War who has unsuccessfully sponsored legislation in, on conscription in the past, said he will propose a measure early next, um, early next year. He proposed it every
0: year. He brings it back every year. But now he's getting undue amount of attention because the Democrats are in charge. Right.
1: In 2003, he proposed a measure covering uh, people age 18 to 26. This year, he offered a plan to mandate military service for men and women ranges 18 to 42. Holy crap! <laughs> and it went, um, it went nowhere in the Republican-led Congress. Democrats will control the House and Senate come January because of their victories in the uh, November 7 election. At a time when some lawmakers are urging the military to send more troops to Iraq, I don't see how anyone can support the war and not support the draft, said Rangel, who also proposed a draft in uh, January 2003 before the U.S. invasion of Iraq. I can see how. You can support
0: the war, and I don't, but you can support the war and support not having a draft by the fact that the volunteers don't
1: want to have a bunch of draftees hanging around. Right. Who would want that? I mean, if you were in a unit the last thing you'd want is a bunch of people who didn't want to be in the military there with you um anyway you know he goes on it's it's the same stuff every year right but doesn't he talk about um like what he
0: wants this to look like he makes an excuse as far as oh well not everybody will be forced into the military
1: because this is the national service Not the draft. Well, he said that having a draft would not necessarily mean everyone um, called to duty would have to serve. Instead, young people would commit themselves to a couple of years in service to the great republic, (laughs) whether it's our seaports, our airports, and schools, and hospitals, with a promise of educational benefits at the end of service. See?
0: who Who could turn this down, right? Now, the question is... A bunch of Democrats I think his was voted down something like 400 to 2 um, <laughs> when he first initiated this. So the Democrats have voted this down in the past. Now that they're in control, will that change their their uh, you know their proclivities and uh, towards voting on this? I don't know. I mean, because he's getting more attention now, will that mean that more people will vote for it? what will end up happening with this draft legislation again he's playing it off pretty well to where oh it's no big deal you'll just serve for 2 years which means that you will be a government bureaucrat in some assigned duty you'll get to they're going to allow you to pick whether or not you want to go into the military of course they can change those rules at any time i'm sure to where, oh, sorry, we're not going to allow you to pick anymore. We need you, need you in the military, so you're going to have to come over here. But they're selling it to you based on the idea that,
1: oh, it's no big deal. You can come over here and pack boxes and help old people for two years. Yeah, you can go to the Peace Corps and help poor people in other countries and stuff. This is such
0: bad news, Mark. Uh, We're going to keep you up to date on anything that we hear about this draft legislation as it comes around again, as it will in 2007. I don't see how they can do it with the 13th Amendment. It just doesn't jibe in my mind. Well, they'll do it. They did it before, and they can do it again. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. See you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com.